1: Here we go. All right. What is up, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, aka Tony Dunn. It's the C3 podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. If we could get a shout out in the chat room that things are working now, that would be legit. Let me know the audio is good. You can subscribe to the podcast by just turning your phone to portrait mode, smashing the thumbs up button, smashing the subscribe button. Hey, and if you're feeling funky and fresh, you might even consider buying a cam wow. Or uh, I stand with Panthers t-shirt to support the podcast because every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions and do it with my homeboys, Joe Alano. How are you, my friend?
2: Uh, Tony, I am doing well. I uh, felt a little crappy this morning, but I am here, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, waiting to talk about the Panthers and hopefully um, cast some positive light on this upcoming week.
1: Cody, the show's name title tonight, it's episode 18.42, and the show is missing, Where Did Carolina Gano? we're looking for the pass rush. Cody, I hope you can help us find it.
3: One day I hope to be a true wordsmith like Tony Dunn is. But you know what? I may I may do for the time being. But I am picking up what Joe Riolano is putting down. I'm not going to soak. We're going to look at what happened. We're going to dissect it with the best Panther fans in the game, in the chat room, listening to our podcast in audio form. And we're gonna move forward, man. We're gonna look forward to Seattle. The season is still in our hands. Let's talk about it, man. It's a Tuesday night. Let's do it.
1: So the Panthers fall to the Detroit Lions, and by a point, we lose nine, twenty to nineteen. The Lions win, we're nineteen to twenty. And it happens after a we go, we come back, we trail throughout the game for the most part, underperforming. Missed field goal, missed extra point, and we get down. We throw a touchdown, marching down the fields with an opportunity to tie it up on the road, and Ron Rivera, with not much time left on the clock, I think it was under two minutes, decides to go for it, go for two, go for the win. Cody, cue up why my man decided to go for two, because this has been the talk of Panther Nation and really, the the premium talk throughout, like all, if you listen to the radio shows or anything like that, is was this the right decision? I think this is the first thing to discuss. Carolina goes for it on two. Cody, you got that clip for us?
4: Yes, sir. Well, I think you go for two on the. Well, road. I think you go, go for two the on the road That's to win I the did. game. The That's what, what I did. What's the to say the coin toss is going to go, gonna go slap in our favor? What's to say we're going to stop? Why not go for so? Why not go for two? Well, he missed a couple of kicks. Well, I mean, he missed a you know, couple that's kicks. All part I mean, of yeah. that's you know, that's all part win. of it. I was going when for the win. I was going for the, the win. That's just the
1: bottom line. He did. That's he the. the un- he did. That's the. Un- so we go for the win. It is a decision that some people have decided that. It well, some people have disagreed with the idea is that you have your defense has started to play somewhat respectively, towards the end of this game. Graham Gano yes, has missed some kicks, but you could tie it up and maybe force this to overtime. I believe, though, Detroit would have some timeouts and have an opportunity to push the ball. So on the other hand, some people believe that this was the aggressive, this is the call you make on the road. Joey, we didn't get to catch up with you after the post game. How do you respond to this decision to go for it to down one with an
2: opportunity to tie? I like to call um I think Ron did for a couple of reasons. and the main reason I think is um he took he took the ball away from Gano and um put it squarely in Cam's hands. And I think um And did it hoping to spur the team. If we, um, get the two point conversion, now we're on defense. Uh, we, we played pretty good the last couple of series offensively and we hold them and win the game. Now we, you know, we have a big win in, in, at, at Detroit and we're coming home against Seattle and, uh, I think You know, we've got some momentum. I really do believe that. I think he was hoping to generate a spark by going for two. And, of course, getting the win um, just didn't work out that way. Yeah. Cody, the bluebirds come out all
1: the time when things do not work out. In fact, Brother Herbert's in the chat room right now screaming about how he wanted Ron to go for it. I want to pose this to you, and I'm going to give you the mic, Cody. I feel like half the time we we complain about Ron being fake aggressive as well as, as truly not a riverboat Ron, which he's not. We know that. But all we have complained about or a large group of people have complained about is the offense not being able to take the bull by the horns to have the confidence, the explosiveness, put up the points and go win the game. And in the time that the Panthers try to do that, Really, truly have an opportunity to do that. Now some people are upset that we could have played it more conservatively. We could have just tried to tie it up after a field goal kicker and missed a field goal and extra point and then ask our defense to hold them to less than 40 yards. Cody, I think I'm with Joey here on the aggressive call. Where are you at?
3: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, listen, you you can't have it both ways. If we're going to criticize Ron Rivera for not being aggressive enough and not really wanting to submit the football game and and take it out of the other team's hands and go forward and, and, and win and be aggressive, well, I mean, that's what happens sometimes when you do. And another reason why I'm not mad at Ron Rivera for making that call is because you have the best goal line quarterback in the NFL. And I have a clip that uh, I, I want to play real fast that I think highlights um, the mindset behind why Ron Rivera would decide to do something like that. So we're going to jump to Chris Carter on first things first.
5: Do the players
6: resent that, CC? Do when, you know you resent that, CC? CC? when you know what your when head coach is doing? When you know what your head coach is doing? Do the players say, well, that's not well, the
7: right decision. Well, this is the thing. The right it Coaching was the right decision. Coaching wins. philosophy has always been on the, the road, go for the win. If you're the go home team, play for the, play for the, the tie, team, because, you the the tie because you have the home also, crowd and everything. Also, forget what, also, the, normal forget what is. the normal theory is. I have the best, that's have the best played played athlete the position. that's ever it's played the position. It's hard for Ron Rivera to it's ever be wrong. He is the most dynamic two-way quarterback that's ever played this game. 99 years. 245 2.45, all right? 245. And if you have that guy, right? and if that, and if that guy can't, guy, get, you that guy can't get you the with two-point conversion with the way he was playing, then, the you're he was playing then you're in trouble. Cam has been playing some of the best football of his career, of his career from the, the career, pocket. pocket. And you could see and they only rushed four, and the nose guard four, was almost like a spy. He didn't rush at all. And he's the one that caused Cam problems. That's why Cam... He at the last minute. Watch his lead and foot, his, fundamentals. Fundamentals. his lead foot left, foot left, left leg. His left it stepped it out step to, his to his left, target. and it didn't why step why his to his, his target. That's, That's why, why his ball sailed. It's also been one of Cam's problems throughout his career. He was, he was great in this game, in the most critical moment. That's why your fundamentals are important, and it's hard to repeat them. And in that moment, he rushed, and he jumped, didn't step to his target, and stick it on. And afterwards, you could see the growth. I knew a Cam Newton, MVP of the league who couldn't finish answering couldn't questions, of the finish answering questions at the Super Bowl. Yesterday, he did the right, thing. Did
3: the right thing. So, uh, there was a, apparently there was a bit of an echo in the chat. I don't know where that was coming from. But mainly, the sentiment was is that when Cam Newton has been playing so well. He has been throwing dimes all over the field. We all know that his completion percentage has been higher than it ever has before. I mean, Cam Newton is playing great football. And you put the ball in his hands, and I feel like most times he does make that play. And, you know, I, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is he didn't make the throw. You know, there was pressure. Not necessarily pressure, but Snacks Harrison was putting his hands up. I mean, maybe the ball would have been to down. But ultimately, in the end, to end uh, Cam has to make that throw. And, I mean, you're looking at some of the biggest Cam Newton apologists that you will ever see. Brandon Herbert says I am all the time. Uh, Tony Dunn, uh, you know, we all talk about how incredible Cam Newton is. But, you know, the person over all of that thinks that they have to be better and, and make that kind of throw. I mean, that's Cam Newton himself.
5: I think today was a just perfect. Indication I think today was a just, just perfect indication turns. of guys just taking turns, making mistakes. And that's making mistakes, with, you know, and that's the unacceptable caliber team that we are the caliber team, caliber team that we, that we, know we are we, the caliber team that we, the know team we, team team. we need to be the caliber um, team that we need to be. It's just it's just unacceptable. It's just it's just unacceptable. Um, it's just, it's just unacceptable. Uh, perfect, perfect example. Uh, uh, perfect example. I, I got to make that point version. I got to make that times in the game. Another person, other times in the game, another person makes mistakes. we're better than that. And it's just a lack of focus.
1: So some people have lauded Cam Newton for his response to this moment. Uh, and, and I deserve, look, is that I, I do believe he should be complimented in a in a way as in, look, he's continuing to grow into a man. and But these are all things we knew were happening anyway. So I am to the point where I defend Cam Newton so much when he does what I already know he does. Like, I'm like, now I feel like if I compliment it I'm like letting you all feel like you win. I've been watching him do these types of things all the time i've seen him on the sidelines being a big player big leader to this team cam newton has played tremendously i hope that uh so he said so Tim tizzy says so the echo is it still going on right now
3: i i'm hearing it um no it's mainly when we play video i think but uh yeah (laughs) i hear it on my end
2: I'm not all hearing right. it. Now. I
1: think I fixed it. I think that I had something looping myself.
2: I wanted to say um, that I didn't get to talk about people wanting this riverboat run to, to be run all the time. but then when, when he makes a riverboat run call, people get pissed. Right, and, and and you can't have it both ways, people. It's got to be one or the other. And you want a head coach that's going to do everything you can to get the team to win the game. And not, like, um, hope the win happens, but actually aggressively go and take the win. And that's what he was trying to do Sunday. Um, it just didn't work out uh really it seems to me um i, I think i think it to participate sunday so what what are your thoughts about cam just pulling that ball down and running it in
3: yeah a lot of people felt that he should have um and, and you know and it's funny that you mentioned that joey i was about to grab the clip uh, Cam Newton did a Thanksgiving thing where he gives out food to children and other families around mm-hmm. Charlotte. And he said that there were even children asking him, I and mean, we're talking five and six year old kids now, they're asking Cam Newton why he didn't run it in at the goal line. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, uh, you're apparently not the only one that, uh, that thought that way. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel, listen, players, they don't, uh, Everything that's said in the media and on Twitter and um, online, uh, you know, the, the players hear that stuff. And Cam Newton has been, a, you know, everyone talks about how he does it on the feet, but not necessarily in the passing department and the accuracy is up and down. Um, you know, it, and I feel like Cam Newton, especially now that he's playing so well, wants to continue to prove himself saying, Listen, with the ball in my hand, I can do what every other quarterback in the NFL does. And it, it, it didn't happen for him. Am I mad that you know that it didn't happen? Yeah. Could he maybe have run the football in? Yeah. But at the end, I still think, you know, nine or eight times out of ten, Cam Newton makes that throw. But he mm-hmm. just didn't that time. So now mm-hmm. you just have to move on.
1: Cam but is my, entitled to make it. Cam is entitled to make a mistake, right? Is Absolutely. that look is, is could Cam have won the game for us? Shirley? I mean, it was right there. Now, why didn't he run it in? Why didn't you go power cam up the middle or, you know, whatever option, whatever they could do that was creative running him down there. I think it comes back to his ankle there. Because I don't think that right at this point, he seriously, he, there was a real scare there. He was hurt. He was hurting for a moment on that field to the point where we were starting to worry if it was a knee. That was the mm-hmm. question that another thing is that you want to ask is, you know, that to me looked like a late hit. It, it looked like a hit where a bunch of people fell on his legs on uh, either on purpose or inadvertently if you want to defend them. So I do believe the ankle had something to do with them not, not – uh, yeah, not running Cam. But at the same time, too, Cam has been dealing. He threw sixty-eight percent of his passes. He has been on point, man. Mm-hmm. So look, yeah. is that Cam did made a throw that Cam has been known to throw. He's thrown some great throws in that game. He threw some beautiful throws that were dropped in that game. In fact, oh, yeah. I want to talk about that yeah. for a moment. And um, you know, there was some mistakes here. And look, as we can come down the the whole point I like the the component that clip that cam displayed in the press conference that said look i take accountability fully for the mistake that i have you know that i made and the potential opportunity i blew but there are also we made mistakes collectively and devin Funches
2: had like five drop passes in this game Mm -hmm. yeah
3: yeah he he did
2: I don't know why he stayed in the game frankly. Um, I, I don't know why Cam kept throwing the ball because he was dropping more than he was catching and it was it was it was in his head. It had gotten to his head and I, I would have kept him on the sideline if I was Romero. Not as punishment but because it's such a tight game you need people out there who are, you know, confident and, and their head's in it. And I don't think his head was in it, thinking yeah, about punches. I yeah, I
3: don't think so either. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of the decisions that were made have been very divisive. I mean, uh, you know, even going forward at the end, you know, uh, you know, bat, Daddy 42 in our shindig, um, you know, he basically brings up that, uh, you know, if you go for it right there uh, at the end of the, uh, of the ball game, I mean, you lose if you don't make it. So Mm -hmm. that's something that, uh, you know, again, I, I like what you said, Joey, you know, it's like we have said so often that we want Ron Rivera to take these chances. And the, you know, the fact that he did it right there, Uh, I mean, and also the fact that it it wasn't Devin Funches that he was throwing it to. He was throwing it to a short wide receiver in Jarius Wright that can get Mm -hmm. open. You might say that it should have been Curtis Samuel. I kind of think so, too. But um, I don't know, man. You you want to win the football game on the road. And with Devin dropping so many passes and everything just seemingly not going our way, I'm really not mad at any of the calls that were that were made
1: so where i'm with joey on this is i almost think it should have been potentially a punishment and and maybe not a punishment as in bad boy punishment but here is that continually we hear that you have to earn your spot in this game you have to always there's always somebody hungry to take your position and we've seen ron rivera and look i mean the very fact that Ron Rivera didn't go pick it, right? Is that he didn't go. He was worried and concerned about, you know, he admitted this to a certain mm-hmm. degree. So so he does hold this. He is like production matter. And mm-hmm. so for me at this point, one of the questions is maybe it's not a punishment as much on um, punches, but maybe there are other guys like you said, that are playing with more confidence, more ability. And, Cody, let's go ahead and cue up that clip about potentially what happens when you play punches. And there are two other guys we have forgotten to mention that DJ Moore had the biggest career game since Steve Smith in, like, 2005 or something like that. Mm-hmm.
2: As a wide receiver.
1: Yeah. This guy was out there balling, and I am sick of people talking about, like, he is not yet route, like it's his routes, it's routes. Well, I heard that Frank Garcia say this on WFNZ this week. He said, well, there's other things that you have to do as a wide receiver other than going and getting the ball. And I tweeted him, and I said, thank God there are other things that you have to do because that's the one thing Devin Funches didn't do in this game I think that sometimes you got to start thinking about going to the hot hands, rewarding the guys that are producing, and really uh-huh. making this a, a a game that rewards merit and production. Cody, let's go ahead and cue that up.
8: I don't give a damn when Torrey Smith comes back. I don't care if Devin Funchess goes out and has 200 yards against Seattle. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel from here on out should be your starting wide receivers.
9: I don't understand it. I I genuinely, it doesn't make sense. Now, this is where I start to go into the coaching staff. This is where I think the decisions that they make on the players that are on the field, they absolutely belong in the crosshairs. Because Curtis Samuel has touched the ball 25 times this season, and he scored five touchdowns. I mean, that is an astronomical rate. I mean, that's not a coincidence or a small sample size. No, that's, you that, put that's him on the field. Indicative. No, and he makes plays and it's look, he's breaking tackles. He's running crisp routes. He's making plays downfield like he's doing it all at every level. It's he's not a gadget guy. He's not a guy that works. You just fit him into one little box. And OK, well, here's our Curtis Samuel package. No, this guy is a bona fide number one caliber receiver. Now, he's, he's probably not there yet. I mean, he's not a. He's not even Kenny Galladay yet, but he's he's the way Kenny Galladay looked yesterday. Mm-hmm. But that guy has the potential. That guy has the potential to be number one wide receiver material. Yeah, you don't have Devin Funches Doesn't have that.
3: I mean, absolutely hit the nail on the head. And when he says no, that you don't have a Curtis Samuel package. I mean, ah, I, I've it, I I have never agreed with him more than I did hearing that clip. I mean, it's asinine the amount of plays. That, that we have Curtis Samuel in on, and that we don't have him in Moore.
2: Mm-hmm. There's no way that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel should not be the starting wide receivers. I understand that Funches has been no longer, and he may be more familiar with the playbook, but he cannot make the, plays, the type of plays that Samuel and Moore can make. Those no. guys can take the catch anywhere on the field, and take it to the house Devin Francis is not that guy
1: number one brother says more and Samuel are our future what we're calling for him for them is to be our now yeah I think is here is that when we turned look we watched last night one of the highest scoring games in NFL history the third highest scoring game in NFL history in a Monday night football game You know, is that everybody's been saying that. And the only thing that made it a great game to me, Joey, is that defenses actually scored touchdowns in this game. That Mm -hmm. was the only defense they played.
10: I was like, good God. It was
1: so – it was almost – it was too much offense for me. Yeah. But it was like exactly what the NFL, if they could clone games, that is what they would clone. But there was an explosiveness there that you saw – uh, particularly with those Kansas City wide receiver Hunt, right, and uh, mm-hmm. with the hit, those two guys, they have that ability right there that I think in this NFL, now that you cannot be as handsy as a corner and that we're protecting quarterbacks more and we're making this like, hey, look, we're not even – we're also protecting guys who run across the middle now. You know, there used to be a business in the NFL of guys that were big and strong enough and dumb enough to run across the middle. And those guys made money late in their career because they were wide receivers that would do it. But now the rules are favoring guys potentially that are like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. They're big and strong enough to take whatever hits you can throw at them in this NFL. And they're elusive and explosive enough to make a big change. So I'm wondering here is where, I guess the point that we're really kind of at least disappointed with the Funches thing is we've seen a lot of Funches, and I understand yeah. he's only 24 years old, but I feel like we have a, a lot of tape on him and you know what? It hasn't changed that much.
9: Mm-mm.
1: It really, I would say he's gotten better, mm-hmm. right? best fair. Last fair not sweet, that's for sure not better enough after three. here's the thing is that if dj if curtis samuel was playing like that after three straight years would you be satisfied with his progression i say no if he was
10: saying,
2: no i i here's how i see it um Devin Punches' best is not even good enough to be better than Moore or Samuel right now. Yeah, Does that make sense? Devin Punches' yeah. best is not better than Samuel or Moore right now. So, why is he starting over that? Do you understand what I mean?
1: only because of diversity now the one thing that you can say in honor of this is we used to criticize them for starting funches and Benjamin and having a du- a duplication of talent a multiple you know so now I guess is that they're I think they're concerned they get too small if they go DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel but, like, again, again, I think it's time. I think that just lost his job this week.
3: Yeah, and, you know, it. you know what this reminds me of, guys? Remember last year, uh, I think we played the Bears, and Jonathan Stewart, he fumbled the ball, like, three different times in the football game. And at that point, we're screaming for Ron Rivera to put in Cameron Artis Payne and give him the looks Let's see who else might have the the more hot hand on the day, and he just wouldn't do it, kept on going back to Jonathan. I I think it's a coaching thing. I think that even with Devin Francis having such a bad day, I mean, he just has faith in the players that uh, that he has faith in, and he's just not willing to pull them out. He's just going to continue to push them out there and make them fight through whatever they're fighting through. And I I don't think that's a good thing to do when you have better talent on your team that are more capable of making better plays. And we saw Samuel and DJ Moore do it in the most clutch of moments. I mean, that's why Panther Nation is so fed up with Ron Rivera not playing our young, dynamic receivers that we have on the team.
1: I want to pivot. We're going to wait. The one thing we haven't done yet is talk anything about defense, right? And mm-hmm, we do right. have to at least give this a brief discussion before we go on the cat calls. But I'm going to pivot on this because, and I've got a clip from Ron Rivera about how he's evaluating some younger defensive players. But to me, I, I go back and think about this is that you think about DJ Moore sitting there on the sidelines as Torrey Smith's out there. You think of Matt. I feel like here, look, a lot of Moten sitting on the sidelines as other guys struggle out there. You've, um, go back to Norwell, earned his Mm -hmm. job to an injury. A lot of slow, very slow to move to the younger guy or the hotter hands. And here's Ron Rivera when he's asked about why he had uh, Marquise Haynes on the roster this week. I don't think it's a bad idea of having Haynes out there uh, and trying to get some action with different guys, but I thought this was slightly a bizarre answer.
11: Has decided to
3: have uh, Marquise Haynes active at defensive end. Uh, was that in an effort to kind of jumpstart the pass rush? It was in
4: an effort to find out what the young man can do. We've got three young guys that we've got to find out if they can play in this league, and they got to be able to develop. and The only way they can is if you play young guys. We had a couple extra spot. We had an extra spot. I wanted to see a little more of Brian Cox, but also I'm going to give Marquise a chance to play, um, especially on the, the uh, turf. Uh, real explosive guy and see if that helped him any uh, help us. So
1: for me, guys, what is interesting about this clip here, when you think about the evaluation process, I just find it funny. This is when we're trying to figure out if guys can play. Like, it took you three yeah. years to figure out who Devin Funches is. It took you three and a half years to find out if that can play. Oh, we got to give him an opportunity. We got to cut C.J. Anderson and see if this guy can play. Now we got to see if these guys have NFL talent. So let's try it in the middle of a game. The evaluation process here is bizarre, slightly bizarre to me. And where, when I say bizarre, is I just want Rivera to have a more balls when it comes to saying, "Hey, this guy can play, and we're ready to get him some snaps." Instead of feeling you know, like we're trying to see if he's, he can be on the team, you activated him. I thought it was a weird thing, but it's also been as weird as our defense, Joey. This defense cannot stop the run. Ron Rivera tried to defend it in the press conference and say, oh, it was just a couple of plays. But that's all it takes in a run game is a couple of plays. We have been getting gassed. Everybody looks out of sorts. Even the linebackers look pedestrian. Joey, this defense, like our show, the title of it, missing. Where did the pass rush go?
2: Well, I think part of it is uh, bringing in Homeboy from Atlanta. Um, her name is. right now. I, the offensive uh, Poe. Yeah, Poe. He, he has come in and been terrible. Um, I watched him, and he was getting pushed around a lot. Um, I did it seemed like he was giving very little effort to tell you the God's honest truth. Um, missed tackles will kill a defense, especially when the team's running the ball. And um that has been a problem for us tackling. And I don't know why. It's something we were known for as being one of the best tackling teams in the league. Um and and going to the linebackers I think because of the very inconsistent play at defensive tackle, um, the linebackers aren't staying unblocked enough to make plays. Um and you know, it, it it's it's so it's so bad. It really is so bad. We've been such a, a model of consistency as a defensive unit for so many years, and now that's not who we are. Teams know that we, they can run on us, and they know that we are, um, susceptible to the past. Yeah, and you know, I
3: said that in our post game on Sunday, that it didn't matter if it was On Johnson from Detroit, or Devontae Freeman for Atlanta. It just, it didn't it, it doesn't matter what team decides mm-hmm. to do it. Every, everyone's running the football on us. And I, I think mm-hmm. Tony hit the nail on the head a few weeks ago that it's like a kick in the balls. I mean, this team has, has been a, a run-stuffing team for such a long time. You might be able to throw the ball on us. You might be able to burn us downfield. But, damn it, you're not running the football on this front seven. And to have teams just do it time and time again, I mean, I don't know what's happening with the coaching or whatever, but, I mean, when you saw Luke Kinkley just flat-out miss that tackle, I forget who he was going, he was going after, but Luke just flat-out missed, man. And he didn't even miss. It's like he didn't wrap up. Like everyone right. forgot the fundamentals of playing football, and it's infuriating. It. And I
2: don't, I, I don't know
3: – yeah, fundamentals. And I don't know what's happening – that's causing all that to go out the window. Man. I'll tell I mean,
2: you, uh, this
1: is what's happening. I know the, right. the defense. First of all, and I hope that my microphone gets better. I don't know what to do. Live TV <laughs> it does sound,
3: it does sound better.
1: It does. You guys nailed the Look, Dontari Poe has been a bust right now. It didn't work out. hasn't worked out to this point. And the reason why is there's either two ways to look at this, is that either he's a bust or Vernon Butler is better than we expected. And I don't believe that's the case because they have been cycling guys far more frequently than they did in the past. Not Mm -hmm. that I'm saying that you shouldn't do that, but you just notice that Poe is not out. If he was playing really, really well, they wouldn't take him out as much.
2: Right, he being every snap. Remember that's how Star was. It was Star and KK. All the time they were on the field. And, the other and thing
1: Yeah, the other thing is is that Star always played on KK's left. And a lot of times they're putting now Star on the left and Poe po on the right. So it has he has not made the impact. But let's not single out Poe alone. Mario Addison has not played particularly well while he has gotten some sacks that have not been sacks. By the way, if you go back and look at those sacks, a lot of those are cleanup coverage sacks or somebody somebody else has done anything. So I'm not saying those he doesn't deserve those sacks, but he's made some mistakes on uh, over pursuing and run and some various things. KK Short has been swallowed up in double teams, but also maybe is showing signs of age a little bit, a little wear and tear on the tires. You know, the tread is starting to wear down. And then Julius Peppers is over there and he's like 90 years old. Here's the problem the (laughs) defense is tired. The deep, that defensive front is working really hard and not getting a ton of results. They get tired. That's when Mario Addison over-pursues. And then this is translating into, as well, the linebackers being a little playing, a little fatigued. But when you're fatigued, you start to make mistakes, and you start to also try to make up for those mistakes a little too hard. So what this is is a trickle down. Because they can't get off the field, this is a problem. The Panthers like you said, Joey, are showing signs of age on that defensive line. And I think that maybe it would have been okay if we had a powerhouse on the left and then we asked Mario Addison to be a three-down defensive end. But to ask him to be the number one three-down defensive end tires him out too much. This defense is fatigued, and man, it's translating into pedestrian linebacker play here i'm going to
2: tie this all together and put a nice bow on it when you are tired when you are you know exhausted you haven't come out of the game you get away from your fundamentals and when you get away from your fundamentals that's when bad things happen for you so you know put that together and and trying kind to of see where we are
3: and even just being tired i mean if if anything so and, and this is another thing you know it goes back to devin Funch's dropping passes on second and third down you know when your defense is always on the field that leads to them being more tired and then mm-hmm. that leads to them taking shortcuts and uh mm-hmm. resorting to shoulder tackles over wrapping them up you know you're frustrated so one you're trying to blow them up and get a big hit but then you're also you know you just you're just trying anything at this point to move the game forward you know you're not thinking about the fundamentals that you've been coached up on over and over again so yeah it just seems like a real comedy of errors
1: you're playing behind the 8 bowl. And here is where it really, if yeah. the, the one stat that you probably can see it, and I'm not a super stats guy in a bean counter, but if we went and found some people, I'm sure there are some out there listening to this podcast. There's a reason the Panthers offense had limited snaps last week. And the Panthers didn't give up a ton of points. See, here's the thing. A lot of people are going to say, oh, you only gave up 20 points. The defense only gave up 20 points. That's good enough. This offense needs to go put up 35. They need to do something to that effect. But here's the thing is the Panthers had some really limited possessions because the defense may not have surrendered points, but they could not get off the field, which then led to more fatigue and more mistakes. So that's what we saw. The Carolina Panthers defense is not winning one-on-one matchups on the defensive line. It has been a disappointment. Dontari Poe has been a complete disappointment. Vernon Butler is verging on a bust. And KK Short is starting to look human. We don't have a Aaron Donald. We don't have a J.J. Watt or a Khalil Mack. And it's starting to show. And I'm sad that Julius Peppers is being associated with it because he's the one out there making with the most production and he should not be playing like 89% of the snaps.
2: Right. He's playing way too much. I yeah.
1: mean, a, a,
3: a guy that was drafted in 2002 is currently our go-to guy for sacking the quarterback. I mean, yes. that, that tells you yeah. we have a problem. And, and listen, I'm just going to be honest. I've never seen anything in my life like Aaron Donald before, I mean, I yeah, put it on, a... on, on I put it on on Twitter last night. Like that guy isn't fair. Like I don't know that I don't know how he's he really even not. Exists. Uh, I mean that uh, that guy is incredible. Uh, you know, I mean in my mind he's already a Hall of Famer. But even adding someone like that, that's the importance of pass rush. That's why I, I'll never understand what John Gruden did over in Oakland and getting rid of Khalil Mack. When you have a blue chip pass rusher like that, they change the football game routinely. They change the football game, and it's just clear that right now Carolina does not have one of those players.
1: I'll tell you why Gruden did because he did it because he knew he could not win this year, and he just his clearing house, man is that it might be a smart thing to do for him, but Khalil Mack could be a game changer on a team like us that is competing for it. you know. And and we just haven't had that. And we haven't had that really since we had Hardy, to be honest. I think he was the closest we've had to a guy that was dominant at his position. Aaron Donald is a freak. But, guys, we got to get into the cat calls. This is your show. It's the Voice of Panther Nation. We talked way more than we expected to. A lot to be talked about, though. The number is 252-228-5098. You can have your voice heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. While we're getting into these calls, go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. Hit the bell and subscribe. Tell the person in the background to quiet whoever they are. I don't know who they are talking in the background. And... Um, you know, tell a friend about the podcast. That's what we like. You can be a part of it in the YouTube chat as well as the cat calls line 252 228 Let's jump into these.
8: And how did that make
1: you feel?
12: Uh, very uncomfortable.
8: So, how do you think cat calling makes the person
13: feel? It
12: feels good like
13: a Who's that sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid?
14: Hey, I called in not too long ago. I don't even
11: think my call's come up yet for the first time. But listening to these other callers, if you're gonna call in and go ahead and count your team out of the playoffs, then why the fuck are you watching the play? You mm. can't say
10: Carolina's gonna mm. lose the
11: last two or three. Yes, the Saints are good. They're a great talking football team this year. Don't get me wrong, but if you're going to say they're going to fucking lose, it don't even want Mouse, mouth,
12: mouth, mouth. You don't fucking care.
11: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, these people calling for Graham's going you know, to be fired. Um, stop being bipolar, because I'm sure a couple weeks ago you were all up on his job when he kicked that 63-yard field goal to win.
1: Oh, no, nope. nope.
11: Fairweather nope. fans have no spot for me. I don't like them. They don't need a cheer for this team. We don't need them. Now, as we're going to put on a standpoint here, Carolina's got
10: <clears throat>
11: Seattle at home next season. Very winnable game. Seattle's hot right now, but Carolina's tough to beat at home. Once Cleveland going to Tampa can win. Got New Orleans coming to Carolina. Huge game. Got Atlanta to come to Carolina. Winnable. The only game that I see is super tough for Carolina at the end of the season is in New Orleans. So if you're going to go ahead and count your team out, then just stop watching them. Go cheer for the damn Patriots. Go cheer for somebody that has fair weather things. We don't want you. And yes, it was not a bad idea to go for two. No confidence in Notre day. The team was struggling. Ron Rivera made the right call. I agree with it ten out of ten times. So other than that, on the Seattle, let's get this defensive line fired up. Seattle's offensive line's been terrible all year. Like I said, get the defense fired up. Offense keep clicking. We'll walk out uh, next week and with a win, going to seven us four. Keep pounding,
1: Panthers. All right. So overall, the call enjoy a lot of it there. Except for this, is I do want to remember this before we get all crazy on those anti Graham Gano people. Now firing Graham Gano at this point does nothing for our team. But I think it was J Dub after the show last week said, "Hey." Um, we're gonna really regret that Harrison Butker thing like 10 for the next 10 years. I have been tepid, lukewarm at best, at when it comes to Graham Gano, and it comes back to this because he missed a 50 yard field goal to start the second half of the Super Bowl. We were trading blows in that Super Bowl game, and there was an opportunity to get some points, and really. Uh, Get some points after both of us landing some flurries and settling this down. Gano then goes on to the 2015 season and starts three of six. The whole shine of the season rubbed off in one moment. Three of six to start the regular season of the next year two for four against the Denver Broncos. He finished 30 for 36, missed three extra points. I'm holding it against him, man. And I ask this to you guys, how long does that 63-yard field goal require me to give him grace? Cody, we can't fire Graham Gano. Maybe we should be a little kind to him because we're stuck with him. But I believe all the criticism is worthy.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is worthy, but then at the same time, it, I mean, th- there's no one right now that we're going to be able to pick up that's going to do any better. Uh, so there's a difference between that, you know being down and out on your team when they still have a chance to go forward and do some great things. And I do agree with the call. I mean even us you know at, at the you know when you're fresh off of a football game like that the emotions are raw you're thinking that your team is trash and terrible I mean so the emotions are right on the forefront of your mind but as far as Graham can know I mean I think this is going to be the man that we're going to have to live with for as long as he's the kicker with the Panthers he'll make no, the um, end- I, I mean yeah I mean he will make the kicks from plus 50 yards and then he'll miss an extra point right after. I mean, there's a level of inconsistency, and I kind of feel that, you know,
1: is, I, I don't want is to put it it, inconsistency, though? Is it inconsistency, Cody, or is it him crumpling under pressure?
3: Well, I don't know, but then you heard them talking about stats on the show about how he had been 28 or something consecutive uh, extra points in a row without missing, and, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it might be a little bit of that. But, I mean, it's hard for me to beat down on him when consistency has been a problem with, I feel, like our entire football team. It's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type deal, you know. One minute we're dominant and we're our offense is taking the best defense in the NFL to task and then, you know, we're stopping the Buccaneers and they have a high-powered offense. Our defense is doing well there. But then, you know, all of a sudden you have this piss poor performance uh, against uh, Pittsburgh and then Detroit. So, I mean, I'm not ready to rake Graham over hot coals for doing something that really our entire team has been doing. You kind of have to lump him in with everyone else at, at this point. I don't feel he's a liability at this point. How about that?
1: Always worried about Graham Gano winning games for us. Like, can yeah. he go and win the game for us? Now, he did with that 163 yarder. He went and won the game for us, but it's about the only one I've ever seen. Not a Graham Gano fan here, but what else are you going to do? Next cat call. The number's 252
11: 228 5098. Hey, I called in not too long ago. I don't think my calls come up yet for the first time. Is that the same call? But listening to these other callers.
10: Yep. Hey, guys, this
11: South Carolina again. That was a very upsetting loss. Uh, like a few of you said already, it almost uh, uh, feels worse than the, the Steelers loss uh, last weekend. But uh, yeah, I think I'm done with Ron Rivera. Mm. I really do. Uh, I, I think a lot of this inconsistency uh, has got a lot. Uh, you know, it's got a lot to do with him. But it's all said and done with. You gotta look at who is running the team and who is superseding everybody, like you said. Uh, I'm, I'm not done with North Turner. Uh, I, I still think I love the guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm a North Turner fan.
11: Out of some the stuff we've seen out of this offense this year, so that's coming from North Turner. I truly believe that. Um, uh, you know, I don't understand the first transition sometimes. I really don't. Uh, but still, uh, not done with him. I think he's done great for us. Um, I truly believe the best people, the, the best guys on our offense right now are uh, McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. Um, I am definitely done with punches. Uh, he's four years in the NFL right now. I agree. And, uh, you, know, I was right. You, you know, I'm done with them. I said it after two or three drops, take them out. It's dead to me right now. And, and they don't take them out. I don't understand him. I really don't. But, uh, yes. Try to stay on DJ4. Uh, they're one and two. They're, I agree. One, they're number one and number two. And Jerry is right. Uh, move on to the front of the. And I think it's time to move on from Rivera. Um, so, please I hear you all about him. Uh, Tony, I hear you about him. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, again, I, I call him all over the field today. Uh, I feel like he, he might be missing stuff, but, you know, I, I don't know. He's, he's still all over the field to me. I'm standing to be corrected, though. But I don't know that he's uh, one of the big problems. Uh, you know, I uh, think yeah, I still think making a bunch of jackals. But uh, Rivera and Parkinson.
1: I'm it. Keep guys. So great call there. Thank you for tuning in to the C3 Panther podcast. That sounded like it actually came right after the post game or right when the post-game show was over. Legacy Mm -hmm. Lines in the chat room says, I think all of our complaining will be taken care of. Not going to hang on to pieces slash personnel that are thought to be losing games. Expect to see changes next year. So, Ron Rivera tends to improve. He, He tends to improve as a coach, Joey, when he's on the hot seat. (laughs) But is the guy at this point that people are starting to eyeball as saying here, it ultimately comes and falls back on your lap. Mm -hmm.
2: And and it does because the coach is the one that's making decisions on personnel and on his staff. ultimately Ultimately, it does come back to him. Now, I have to tell you that. I'm not quite done with Ron Rivera, but I do think he has to make some serious changes. Whether that means him taking over the defense or, or what, he has to do some things different because what we're seeing out of this team right now doesn't concern any other team. They, they don't see us as a, Nobody's worried about having Carolina come into their house to play a win. Right that's now. the truth. And and that's not how we should be. Obviously, we play better at home, um, but to be a real legit contender and to want to be able to make a deep playoff run, you've got to win on the road, and that's something we're not doing this year um and i think go ahead Karen.
3: no i mean i was basically just gonna basically echo what what you were saying uh you know um that winning on the road it, it's so important and it, it's almost hard to trust this team you know so okay what happens if you know seattle comes into town and we put up a dominant performance i mean i'm talking a truly dominant performance And then we have to go to Cleveland right after that. And we have to wonder, oh my God, what's gonna happen this time? Uh, I mean, I kind of do agree with our caller a little bit. Uh, if, If I'm just being honest, I don't know that, I believe that we have the talent on this football team to be a championship contending football team. The talent, but I don't know if we are Because I don't know if we're coached to a championship football level. And, you know, you you talk about we have to make a change uh, uh, on our defense. We really have to do something to right the ship. But, you know, we've talked about this before. This is a man who didn't play Andrew Norwell until Aminu Silatolu got hurt. Didn't play Taylor Moulton until also Aminu Silatolu
10: got hurt. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, got, got hurt. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, Torrey Smith, it it, uh, it really does make you wonder, would we have seen even less of DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel if Torrey Smith was, was still healthy and, and on, on the field uh, as of right now? Also, Torrey is supposed to be back for Seattle. So do we need to be worried that, now we're going to see even less of our more dynamic players. I, I, I echo the sentiments of our caller. I, I'm just, at this point in time, after everything I've seen from Ron Rivera, I'm not confident that he's the guy to lead us to the promised land, even though we have the talent on the football team to do it.
1: There's strength that, there are strengths and weaknesses with every coach right and Ron Rivera's weakness has been he's really two moves behind a lot of times a necessary change you heard him say we need to evolve the offense after the 2016 season and then we didn't see any evolution of an offense right we see he's been slow to make these moves I thought North Turner was going to be bring the credibility to force him to do these things. Now, on the other hand, Ron Rivera has made us competitive or has been a part of us being competitive each and every game. And while we are 6-4 and four right now, we did have an opportunity to win this game on the last play with the ball in our quarterback's hands. We did have an opportunity against Atlanta the only game we weren't truly in was the Pittsburgh Steelers game. So a couple of plays made by players, and all of a sudden we're nine and we're eight and two. Yeah. Is my mic still stuck in? Shaquette told me to hit the Black Friday deals up.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, why not, man? Uh, good, uh, good deal. I don't um you sound you sound fine to me. Um, I, I don't I can
14: not
3: Yeah, I don't always know what the what the chat's hearing, but um, you sound good right now.
1: Thank you. I think I sound good too. Are you picking up <laughs> what I'm putting? Is the question? Oh, uh, Are you picking um, up what I'm, I'm putting down?
3: I, I'm picking it up, wrapping it in an early Christmas present, serving it to everyone I know. I'm re-gifting what you're putting down, my friend.
1: There is a scary thing guys is while Ron Rivera and all of this could be replaced. I think the one argument for replacing Ron Rivera is replacing everything all at once instead of trying to remodel, to remodel the dining room is that like you can't, I, I mean, we all love North Turner on this podcast. I believe we all think that he has been a positive addition but you can't keep North Turner and get rid of Ron Rivera. You know, like you either need to clean house or yeah. let Ron Rivera do it. So the argument I think there is, is that this has been a piecemeal <coughs> staff and organization. And Tepper may just blow it up and say, let's start fresh and see where it goes. But that's also scary, Joey given the fact that we have been to the Super Bowl, we've been to the playoffs several times, Ron Rivera hasn't been a bad coach.
2: No, no, he's not been a bad coach. Um, he's been maybe inconsistent, you know. No, I guess that's not even fair to say.
1: He hasn't. I, I, out. He hasn't I, his, beaten teams. He, he himself has not beaten a team. He won in the
2: games for us. You like where we saying?
1: said, oh my God, the coach. Oh my God. Right? You hear about Belichick, you hear McVay, you hear Andy Reid. And I don't, maybe that, maybe you don't need your head coach to always do that. But I don't know if I've ever thought of one time where he did that. But you know, right.
3: it's like when you're in, when you're in middle school and that, that new young girl from out of state moves in and you're looking at her and she's got this exotic mm-hmm. look to her. Okay, yeah, so fine. listen.
10: I'm wait, wait you so.
3: <laughs> he still remembers the <laughs> name, everyone. So, so yeah. uh, uh, okay, so listen then. When you watch Monday Night Football last night and you see Sean McVeigh and you see Andy Reid and you see, the kind of game that they're calling. Listen, you don't have to like 50 plus points and no defense. I understand that. I like watching a quality defense. But you know, when you're watching those types of coaches, like Ron Rivera might never coach a game where we do what we saw last night. You know, and again, it's not that we don't have the talent to do it. In fact, I kind of think that uh, the players on our team are kind of comparable to Kansas City in a weird way. You know, even if it's not the A++ players, we have the quarterback, we have the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and similar enough personnel to do that kind of thing. But we all know that Ron Rivera is not Sean McVay. He's not Andy Reid. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even close to that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you don't think he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah. Ron Rivera is yeah. a good guy to have in foxhole, though. You know? Yes. Ron Rivera doesn't get... See, this is actually the type of season that Ron Rivera potentially coaches best. We're all panicking. But look at Cam Newton and these guys. Now, they're, they're upset, but this is not over. We need to start thinking about this, is that while we are upset that these have not, these games haven't gone our way, this team could fight and scrap towards the end. The question is, can they get past the Saints? Right now, those stupid Saints look so great that that is the bugaboo for us. But Ron Rivera is a guy that has steadied the ship in the past when things have been on troubled waters. Let's go to the next call on the Cat Calls line.
11: Sorry, right, guys. I forgot to mention about uh, about Gano. Um, This is Justin again, out of Charleston, South Carolina. You uh, know, uh, I think he fits really well with
10: the team. Uh,
11: reason is because he's inconsistent, and uh, you know that's what the Panthers are for a few years now. Inconsistent can't have a uh, back-to-back winning seasons. But, um, you know, I guess I'm being facetious about, about uh, Gano but he he is, yes, he's inconsistent. Um, but in the end, you know, I don't know that we, maybe some people say differently, but I don't know that we lost the game because of Gano. I mean, yes, if he make, makes that, uh extra point field goal it helps out but you know look look you know look at functions he's just as much to blame um uh and you think about it in the game you know, we we were uh third eight one of
12: those times
11: uh one of those drives and cam newton goes down the field to Funches and fun jumps too early and drops the ball
1: all on uh, but Oh, crap. I'm on the dime. Why,
11: why, why do third, on third and go down the field? We were trying to get – Oh, I don't like this. I mean, why not run Cam? Why not run McCaffrey? You know, we were doing well with that. I mean, I think McCaffrey can pick up two yards.
1: All right. I'm going to stop that call there. I'm going to ask you guys this. Because I've heard a couple of people saying this. And, oh, you just need a first down. You just need this. Cam Newton threw a perfect ball. Right. He threw a deep ball on the money on a dime and Devin fun just jumped without needing to jump. And he could have been running all the way to the end zone. I don't like the idea of people saying you made the right read. You had the opportunity to blow up this defense. You made the perfect play, but we wish you would have done something else. I'm sorry. You know what I wish more than anything is not that we did something else, that Devin Funches catches that ball at six foot five on a five on a six foot dude who had all day to do it, was looking at the damn ball. It was in his hands. He could have had a touchdown. That's what I'm sad about.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't disagree with you. And uh, listen, uh, I try to be fair in my assessment because I remember on a few of our shows, even a few weeks ago, I said that the, the connection between Cam Newton and Devin Funches is the strongest between any wide receiver on the team. You know, maybe that isn't Greg Olson, you know what I mean? But there have been times, I mean, I remember in that Philadelphia game, uh, and that on that touchdown, that was the one that kind of got us back into the rhythm. You know, I, I mean, Cam really does have a connection with him. And, I mean, we even saw it when Calvin Benjamin was here. Cam Newton was trying to force feed Calvin uh, Benjamin the ball. And we all saw how that worked out, you know. So I, I do think another piece of the equation that maybe we're not even bringing up is that when Cam is throwing the Devin Funches, maybe that's just Cam saying, all right, I'm going to let my boy have another shot. I'm going to let my boy have another shot. I'm going to let him have another shot. And then his boy keeps on dropping those down.
1: shots. Yeah, he does. He keeps spilling them all over the bar. I am sorry is that it's time for Devin Funches to take a break. I don't even need I don't even need a benching. I think Joey mentioned this earlier in the show. Not a punishment. Just take him out. Let me get a breather. You know, is that, and I don't get this idea that, oh, you can just pick up the first down. No, is that if you can make the play, make the play, it was mm-hmm. right, it was the right read, it was the right call, it was the right throw, it was not a catch. That's it. The number's 252 228 Let's keep going with these calls.
11: Hey guys, Josh from math actually called in uh, the post game today, but didn't get too crazy on things, it's- kind of quiet and a little speech I think most of us were after seeing what we saw today. This was supposed to be the bounce back game. This was supposed to be the return to form, the, the explosive offense and the big plays and the, the, the dynamic uh, Duo of cam and uh, CMC. And we just didn't see it at least not to the extent we've gotten maybe a little prematurely accustomed to, but I mean, you know, you, you go back and you watch some of this game and you look at some of the things we all brought up during the last podcast. And I think the, the number one thing that sticks out is Funches is not a number one.
1: Nope. Uh,
11: why out? And I'm starting to question whether he's even a reliable number two.
1: Um, I'm defense, with you.
11: Bad tackling out of position. Uh, and, and just really an overall lack of aggression from really all counts. Um, nothing really stuck out as aggressive as this team is going after it, whether it was the play calling, whether it was the execution, whether it was any of it, none of it seemed very aggressive or just wasn't carried out as such. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at special teams all day, we were dealing with bad field position. I think it was the majority of the time we were starting from inside of our own 15 or our own, you know, inside the 20 rather than at the 20. And that, that just doesn't do any favors for our offense, you know, and now we've got this, uh, Graham Gano's lack of consistency rearing its head again. You know, that's another killer. You know, you have a kicker, and, and whether it's extra points or field goals, you need to come away with something. Um, and to see that, again, fail on two accounts today, just killer, especially in a game you lose by one, and and you miss a field goal and an extra point, four points, not on the board. That's three points you might have won by, or maybe a chance to go into overtime. Um then another... And the thing I noticed on the offense is we didn't convert third down today. It's worth a damn.
10: Truth. Looks,
11: um, I mean, I guess going forward, the only thing I can say is I hope these guys are becoming a little more reliable, uh, both in position both in position and performance. Um, and, you know, this team's just got to get together and start of holding each other accountable for their mistakes because there are some guys who are out there doing what they can, but you can only outplay the mistakes of everybody else on the team so much. And, you know, even the O-line today didn't look great. It looked better than did against Pittsburgh, but it didn't look great. It didn't enthuse me going forward in this team, really as far as playoffs, playoffs. We're just trying to win a damn win. Oh, I got. The townman boys, and uh, hopefully we get this ship lighted before we bumble into the playoffs. Because I think we're a playoff team, but
1: all right, so going to that, Cody, we've talked incessantly about how this team has struggled, right? How have they've had difficulties, but they are in contention for a wild card run right now. Yeah, there is this. This offense is the most talented offense that we have seen so far, in my in recent memory, in any memory, really. For Carolina I think it's explosive as more so than 2015 in my opinion I think we got the good talent on the. I almost want to say we're an offensive team I think we are actually so I'm not ready to write ourselves off but is it time to continue to think here is that this team has an opportunity to pull out of this nosedive or are we in a tailspin we can't get out of
3: Listen, it it comes down to how bad do you want it? We're not the only ones that see what the Saints are doing. The Panthers know exactly what their division rivals are up to. They know that the season is still out in front of us. And if you want it bad enough, you're not going to ask for permission. You're going to take it because that's what champions do. We're not playing, uh, you know, patty cake here. We're playing football. And if this team wants it bad enough, then they'll have it. And I do believe that about this team. If you want it, you fight tooth and nail for it. You want it like you want your next breath of air. And if, if our team wants it bad enough, if they have the desire to do it, as I've said, the pieces are in place. Even on our non-existent defense, man, we have the personnel. If they ever decide to turn it on, and be as dominant as they have the potential to be, then, yeah, this team can still go as far as they want to. Our season is not over. Our hopes at the Super Bowl are not over. Hell, the Giants won the Super Bowl as a wild card. I mean, people forget that, you know? So this team has the potential to do whatever it wants to do, but the way that we have been playing is not acceptable and we have to win on the road, as Jovi said before.
1: I think that's exactly yeah, where we're at. Go ahead, Joe.
2: Yeah, this team um, has talent. It really does. I just don't know. I don't know how hungry they are, man. You know, you think they'd be starving. You know what I'm saying? But I haven't seen seen them play with a passion, like, you know, a high level of intention. Not on all sides
1: of the ball. I think we saw it on offense. But our defense right there, we just felt like we could not be a playoff team with that defense that we saw this past week. And really in recent weeks. Cody's pointed this out. I mean, we haven't held anybody to
2: under 20 hardly. Right, and that is not a recipe for winning, especially in the playoffs. I mean, you look at the Saints, and everybody knows them for their offense, how explosive they are, and they can hurt in so many different ways. But that defense is pretty good. They have a great defensive line that can put pressure on the quarterback, and they have a very good secondary that can cover. And, yeah, you've got the, you've got the Rams and you've got the, the Chiefs. You know they can light it up, but they can't stop each other from scoring, and I think that's where the Saints have the advantage. They can cover. Um, so, I think the Saints are the best team in the league right now. And they're in our division. So, we have, you know, we've got to get it together because we play them two out of the last three weeks. So, if we're going to make a playoff run, get it together, baby.
1: That's right. You got to get it together. Get it together,
2: Hot this truth, defense like to right it
1: on, it though. All right, you guys carry me through this next call. Cody, can you carry me through this next call?
3: I got you, baby. I'm the wind beneath your wings. It's Josh again. I
11: ran a little long time. It's Josh um, again. Yeah, no, I think we're a playoff team going forward. Um, uh, I just question what caliber team we're going to be. Are we going to be a one and done? Because we're going to be a wild card team. Let's just face that reality now. We're we're not gonna steal this from the Saints. We're just not, um, you know. And and I think you know. And I say that with even if we beat them twice, like some Christmas miracle, we beat them twice, and we beat Atlanta in the middle. <sighs> even if we do that, you got to remember we're still hoping that somebody else can can stunt them. Somebody else can beat them, and what maybe, maybe pittsburgh will do it maybe depending on which pittsburgh shows up you look at the pittsburgh that showed up in jacksonville today uh, yeah 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 you i know, remember these these are guys who can't beat the patriots year in and year out they see them all the time we rarely see the patriots and we usually pull that fucking game out so you know I don't think we can count on anybody uh, to, to stop them and do us a favor. I really don't. That and by the, that point in the year, I mean, Pittsburgh's firmly number two and they're not going to be able to catch who's number one or whatever. They, they, they could very well just sit. Who cares? Why go out and really put up that fight? Anyhow, back to us. I think we're a playoff team. It's just what's going to happen when we get there. Um, Because we're not going to have a home game, which as kind of looking at the season already. That means we're done. That's it. One and done. If we don't get a home game, in my mind right now, we're one and done. That's it. Mm.
1: So. Mean, mean, mean. mean.
11: Mentality. I think everything's there. The people are there. Talent is there. It's just an attitude and a mentality and accountability and reliability that these guys need to just, just grasp. Uh Hey anyway, guys, love the podcast guys. Keep coming and uh, can't wait to hear it on Tuesday.
3: Great call.
1: So Cody, go ahead.
3: Yeah. Yeah, let, let me uh let, let me put it to you this way. This is my nightmare scenario in this division. Imagine that we beat the Saints twice. Okay, and I know that right now they're the boogeyman, uh, not only in our division, but in the NFL. Say we we beat them two times, but they still are ahead of the division just because they have the better record.
10: Say that we're
3: the, I, I mean, just imagine they went out, but we're the only two losses they have the rest of the season. And they still get a home playoff game, and then we still have to go to the Superdome or wherever the hell we would have to go, and, and, Bring and not, the broom. not have,
10: Bring yeah, the broom. and not Bring not have one.
3: All right, you want revenge? You said you want you want us to do what they did to us last year. And well, I'm, not, right. I'm not I'm not mad at that, but in my opinion, I would be really upset if we uh, if we were not able to win the division. Because of a game like Detroit uh, or a game right. like Washington,
2: where we right. should
3: have won that but just didn't.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is this those games that we lost when we know we were the better team and should have won, not can but will come back to hurt us. and if yeah. we. If we don't close out the year like we are supposed to, we won't make the playoffs. So, um, you know, uh, we really have to refocus and we have to um, really commit to playing Panther football. And it's on the coaches. The coaches have to get us focused and they have to get us fired up because that's something that has been lacking.
1: And that's where I'm really a little slightly. I love Ron Rivera. He is the rock. He's able to maintain us, right? But at the same time, is he able to really rev us up? Is he too even keel? Maybe at times, I think are some people people are 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 wondering. All right. So look, right now there's over 30 people watching the podcast. There's 14 thumbs up on. YouTube. Turn your phones portrait mode. Smash those thumbs up. That's right. I'm talking to the other. I think it's 18 if I do my math right. The other 18 people right now. Smash that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell and call the cat calls line 252 228 5098. Let's keep pounding through these
13: calls. Hey fellas, uh, this is D. Carey again from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and another thing, um, with the NFL, I thought they were trying to protect quarterbacks so damn much. When Cam got sacked and was hit low, I don't know if it was by Zeonso or what, but um, wouldn't that be a flag? Because that was four. Had Hell been yes. would have been. been a fucking 15-yard penalty barf, just barf, barf, barf. the fact that they went low. <laughs> I don't know if they rolled up on him or what, but whoever that hit him hit him low. After he threw the fucking ball, so I feel as like if that should have been a flag. And two, you guys remember that catch that uh, DJ Moore had um, the, the the long uh, 82 yarder. See how he caught the ball with his hands, strong hands. Yeah, maybe we should start yeah. preaching that to our damn receivers. Named Devin puncher <laughs> uh, Curtis Samuel, his touchdown pass that he caught, hands, strong hands to hold, to catch the ball, jump in the air and catch the ball and hold it, hold possession. So, again, coaches, and say, Ron Rivera, can you please make sure, or just give them all the power to North Turner to let him do what he do, man, because I, I promise you, Ron Rivera likes players that have been there for a long time. He doesn't like things, just certain things. It takes a while for him to, okay, get with the program. But it's like, come on, man. Like, we can – our office can really be dealing with the, the the firepower that we have. We haven't had this fire firepower in a long time. Ever. J. Moore. Ever. Honestly, we ever. We're still with Greg Olsen, with Cam. Like, come on, man. Like, Devin Funtas, yeah, he may have been there for a while and yada, yada, yada. But – yeah, we done. With, we gotta be done with it, man. If he don't get paid two, three million dollars next year, if he want more than that, oh no, stop it and let that man walk. It's all right. <laughs> this game, I don't think we, gotta be, him. we should not have lost this game at all, at all. This is unacceptable. And if we don't on Sunday when we play Seattle, if we don't see a lot more DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Wright. And even when Torrey Smith come back, for real, for real, punches need to be at the bottom of that totem pole and on wide receivers, man. Like, for real, for real. Maybe use them in the red zone because of height, but until he starts learning to catch or work on his hands, you catch the ball with your hands, not your body, not your shoulder pads, your hands. Fuck him, man, for real. (laughs) I feel like at the end.
1: I totally feel like that at the end of that call. That's exactly what I feel like. Here's the thing is there's certain things I don't think you can work on. I mean, I think you can practice them. I think you get slightly better. But I think at this point, at 24 years old, he's either going to catch the ball or he's not going to catch the ball. I don't feel like O'Neill Beckham Jr. goes out there and just can catch all of that stuff in any area code just because he works on the jug machine a lot.
3: Well, it's also at, at what point does it do? At what point do you turn it on, and does it start to become a routine thing for you? I mean, there are some people that are, are born with that kind of talent that they don't ever have to use their body to catch the ball; they're just hands out, boom, right in their hands. But then there are some people that it just takes time, and it just takes, uh, you know, uh, different uh, repetitions for them to be able to do it. But you're right, man, damn. I mean, we drafted him in 2015. How long does it does it take, you know? And it's a consistency thing. And, again, I don't want to say that, I mean, I feel like this season it's been the worst. But, okay, in your opinion, in all the times that you've known Devin Funches, was your biggest criticism of him dropping balls or just not being able to get open downfield and not being able to run it route? Because for me, it was the route running. But now it seems like he's just dropping balls that he never would have before.
1: Joey, I want to point this out to you. We had a special interview, not a special interview, an interview. And I cannot remember the guy's name. It's been four years now. And he was from Michigan. He covered the Michigan, uh, who are they? The Wolverines, right? Wolverines. And what, and he came on the show and actually talking about echo problems and all that, that was one of the disasters of recordings I did in my life. But my man said this is, he said, look, is that like, we're excited about Devin Funches. He goes out there and catches like three touchdowns in the opening game against the, against Appalachian, right? But mm-hmm. then, he doesn't catch like but one touchdown for the rest of the season. Underwhelming. Inconsistent. And not coming up big was what he described him as then. And that is exactly what I would describe him as. Now.
2: I have to agree. Underwhelming is right. He's got the size that you look for in a receiver. He's not A speed demon, but he's not slow by any means either. Um, I don't get upset when
1: he's running downfield. Like, I don't get mad when they throw him the deep ball.
2: Right. He's got the tools. Um, He just doesn't always – he's not focused all the time because that's really what it comes down to when it comes to catching the football is focus. You have to have your eye on the ball. You have to look the ball all the way into your hands, all the way to the point to where you put it in your, you know, you got it on your side in your arm and you're running with it. And he doesn't do that. And, and it's costing the team games. Um, and when you're costing the team games, the coach has got to do something about that. Let's see what Ron Rivera has in store for Francis this week.
1: A lot of the, that's my main disappointment with the coaching staff right now has been personnel usage and mm-hmm. not willing to push guys forward a little bit to see if they deserve an added opportunity. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. A
15: C three is hey, P3, it's the boy Nova Black. Um, Nova Black. Boy, um. Tuesday. I wanted to express some thoughts on the uh, on the game versus the Lions. We made a lot of mistakes in that game. Um, some bad uh, calls. So on and so forth. The worst, the usual that we go through. That's why they call us the Courier um, Cat.
1: Yeah, this time we
15: flat. The game and the way that we play it overall, it looks like uh we are starting to come together and ain't all of it got it together yet. And I think after that embarrassment that we made of ourselves in Detroit, knowing that we could have won that game, uh the obvious that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel should be on the field more. Um, especially at the same time. Um I, I really think that the defense Showed up at times. We were winning on first and second down, and we wasn't really getting to the quarterback as we were getting close to more pressure. Um, it seemed to be taking too long to get to him and giving these guys time to get open uh, downfield. And then the big uh, holes in the line going during run blocking. Anyway, um, let me move forward. To Seattle, because that's dead and done. So after, after the end of that Detroit game, I, I don't feel like we are any worse. I feel like we have the opportunity to come so much better if we sit like that for a full game, offensively and defensively, consistently. Um, I think we'll go in, well, uh, Seattle will come to us and everybody gonna pick Seattle to beat us. And we is gonna be a rumble in the Bronx. And we're going to come out on top. And I, I picked Carolina to win this game by at least three points. A field goal. <laughs> by I mean, a whole down, three points. You never know. <laughs> um, anyway, everybody keep pounding. I thank y'all for the podcast. I'm going to keep sharing it in the Keep Pounding group on Facebook and everything. And I'll keep, you know, I'll try to be in tonight. I'm not sure. It's late. I got to get some rest. So yeah. night. you get some
1: rest Nova Black. you get some rest you got a great call in there I like how he's excited and ready to go and play the Seahawks because that's what we have to look ahead to guys we've got to now stop uh, crying about the bed we have made and now it's time to make the bed it's time to yeah. remake the bed in this case going forward Cody you alluded to this with, like, hey, what if we were to beat the Saints twice, right? But, I mean, here, we got to go. The one thing that's going to help us as a fan base and help this team get better is to go and get a win this Sunday. Now, we have been terrible on the road. We, at the same time, we want to look ahead. The disappointing fact here, Cody, is, that we lost the game that we had circled.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we've lost a, a few games that we had circled. Uh, you oh, know, no, I
1: definitely. That. Nah, we had we lost what? We lost uh, Redskin too. We lost two games we had circled: Washington and Detroit.
3: I would, I would even say Atlanta. We two, mm-hmm.
12: you yeah, know, I mean, going in
1: Atlanta. A, that would be a, a tough game, though. You can accept that loss
3: yeah i mean but listen it it doesn't matter how many games you circle we are where we are and that's why i agree with my man my homie my my partner nova black and uh, he was spitting the truth man listen you you have to move forward and it's like the first cat call that we had of the night if you're not gonna believe in this team if you're not gonna you know believe in the mantra of keep pounding then what are you here for you know what, what what are we doing do we believe in this team do you believe in Cam Newton? Do you believe in the Kingsley? Because let me tell you what, yeah. I yeah. damn sure do. I damn sure do. And I, I don't care uh how it goes. Put my guys on the field, and it doesn't matter what scenario. I, I'm picking my boys, and I'm ride or die, man. You know, uh, Seattle has been a very good rivalry for us. And, I, I mean, I'm ready to start it back up. I'm saying bring that smoke, man.
1: Yep. All right. Numbers 252
12: 228 1598. Hi. What's up, C3 family? My family. This This is is my family. Carl D. Carl D, baby. I love Carl D. I know. That's my dude, Um, What's up to Tony and my man that means Puerto Rican himself, (laughs) Joey. (laughs) Joining your (laughs) man, Mr. Cody what's up first baby? of all let me, let me start by saying cody i'm still mad at you you, you <laughs> don't you act like you don't know nobody no more since you don't got, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you. You got big time you don't let me you don't got big time you don't know us no more that's all right you talk about that stupid sorry loss to the lions you know, hey I don't I don't know what to say. Um I wanna say Washington, his schemes is screwing up everything, but yeah. I think it's not just the coaches, the I players agree. too. Um Yeah. I don't you know what Tony, I was watching the post show the other night and you were saying something about if it's the dagger shame that we had ten freaking days to prepare and we still play like excuse my French shit. Beep. That's, <laughs> that's cool. I, I don't Okay, you guys just answer this question. If we end if we end with a nine and seven or eight and eight record, do you guys think that Rivera will be out the door is that grounds for termination for Rivera? me personally i think he, he should be like on a big hot seat because ain't no way we, we should as hot as we started off we should get to know nine and seven or eight and eight
15: and this is a the way good
12: call playing, Girl, no it. shot.
15: It's
12: the so i mean this it, it is ridiculous if I have so much stuff, other stuff that I'm wanna vent um if i if I get cut off, I'll call back again and continue, yeah,
1: you get call.
12: but do it man right now <laughs> i i mean I'm just so heartbroken, I'm so pissed. I'm, i am everything that that is right. saying it it's a shame that Rivera can never get us ready for uh um uh, Thursday night game after five after we come up.
1: All off. right, is that the call ran out of time there? But here, Carl D. Bringing the fire there. Maybe the real argument there against Ron Rivera has just been made. I believe anything under ten wins right now warrants the question: Should we just rebuild? And not rebuild as an organization, as a team. But, hey, is that, look, it's piecemeal. We got a piecemeal G- GM. We have a coach that was hired by GM that was then fired, then rehired. And then we have a revolving door of coordinators on the defensive side in a good way in some ways. But now, North Turner is the best thing. Like, I mean, is it? It doesn't make sense right now. It how about this? Is at what point do you miss the opportunity to rebuild too? Cody, if we go to this, is that or is there a concern like hey, if you make nine and seven and you don't fire him, are you just prolonging the inevitable? I think it's ten or eleven wins are the number that Ron Rivera has to have before we really truly feel that he's going to be the coach next year.
3: Well, yes and no. So it depends on what other coaches are out there that we might want to potentially fill that job. So, for De example, I mean, Yeah, and that's the name that I that's said, John. Good. I'm John, with you
11: on that. That's
1: a guy.
3: Yeah, John DiFilippo, he's the offensive coordinator for the uh for the Minnesota Vikings. He was with the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, when they won the Super Bowl or maybe before. Right. But, uh, right. yeah, he's a, good, he's a really good offensive coordinator. And I think that he would be able to do some really good things uh, here in Carolina. But that goes back to what you said, Tony. You're not throwing out uh, Ron Rivera and keeping North Turner. I mean, if you're cleaning house, you're cleaning house.
1: Yeah, Everybody. And,
3: Everybody, GM,
1: so- everybody, GM, everybody. You got to bring in the GM with a vision. What about this, Joey? Are you there? And let me ask you this, Joey: You bring in a new GM and bring in Lincoln Riley. That's who I want. Imagine Lincoln <laughs> Riley, Lincoln Riley coaching Cam Newton, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. We're gonna score ninety point, ninety points a game
2: it'd be fun <laughs> if only that was the case um, I don't know I I think I think 10 wins and Ron's okay I think 9 wins I think 9 wins he's okay um, but I think at 8 and 8 with the talent we have there's going to be some real discussion had, going on and with the start we had
1: yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I exactly. Mean, that would be exactly. a horrid finish. That's and, only winning two more games.
2: And really, um, it's unfortunate, but Eric Washington may take a fall. He may be the fall guy here. That's fine. Uh, I mean, that's the
1: reality of the game. If Rivera, yeah. if he doesn't do that, he would be stupid. You know, he did that to Mike Shula last year, maybe a year too late. But Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think this is that like um, you got to kind of is that if you wait another year, like I feel like if we here, you either got to jump or not, you know, have you ever my kids? I take my kids to the pool occasionally and they go on the diving board, you know, and the younger ones, they go all the way up to the diving board and they're ready to jump off and then they get at the edge of the diving board. They look at the water, they feel the bounce, and they're like, I don't want to do this. And then they're <laughs> trying to crawl back on the thing. Is like there's a time to make a jump. And there's a time not to. Like, when does that time pass? Is what I'm worried well, about.
3: Yeah. And I I want to bring up what I believe is the best point to be made uh, when you're talking about this and uh, I'm going to give credit to 10 Tizzy cause he's the one that brings it up. Uh, if we bring in a new coach and a new staff, that's more years that we're wasting of Cam Newton and Luke Keithley, because I mean, think about it, th- Think about really? this, but when
1: have I you, agree. when have you, oh, yeah, are we wasting are years right now though. That's a, the yeah, alternate, and,
3: right? But, but I think, you know, the, the question to at least consider, Is Yeah, if you have to pull that Band-Aid, if this is not the coaching staff that's going to take us to the promised land, then do it now. Do it now before it gets to be too late and you end up wasting more time of these once-in-a-lifetime players and their career. But what I will say this is how many times have you ever seen a brand-new head coach, a brand-new offensive coordinator, a brand-new defensive coordinator in their first year go out and win the Super Bowl? I don't
1: know if you've ever seen what if you said the second year and I said the Los Angeles Rams,
3: well, or Philadelphia, look at Philadelphia last
1: year. They they took a nine and seven team, they took a whatever seven and eight, seven and nine team, and all of a sudden that was, and also they got aggressive on personnel. Mm. That's one thing, but at the same time is that maybe it it does happen. I would say it's the oddity. Like people do scratch off $10 scratch off tickets and win 500 bucks, but they don't usually do that. So it's more, I think the odds are more that it doesn't work out. But my, my concern right now is I tend to lean lean towards what 10 Tizzy is saying is I don't want to move on from Ron Because we've been relevant. But then at the same time, what I'm asking is this. Are we relevant truly? Because we just could we have been relevant with another coach and Cam Newton? That's my question. I think that's what a lot of Panther fans are asking right now. Is that when do you rip the band-aid? Do you? And when do you find some continuity? Let's continue with these calls going forward.
12: Hi, this is Cardi again. He's part back. Two. Carl D, part two. Up, um, also, also, we never prepared after a Thursday night loss. Because 10 days after that, we still seem to have a little slack to us. Like, yeah. we just... We're not like, sharp after, after we breaks. Like
0: we were
12: zombies or something. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys. I mean, is it... I don't know. You, maybe you guys can, maybe you panel can can tell us. I mean, can tell me, explain this to me. How the heck do I, we never, pre, how, how can we not be prepared We after 10 freaking days? Well, that game showed us that we're not winning this division this year unless we have miracles. But, yeah. I hate that. And now, boy, I wanted us to beat the Saints. The way we playing, oh, the Saints going to beat us. The Saints going to sweep us again for the second year in the row.
1: Oh, don't say it, Carl and, We're bringing our brooms. Um, We're bringing our brooms.
12: What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And um, also, Tony, answer this, other, this final question for I'm me. I'm ready. On um, Cam, why Cam? Something was off with of Cam. He wasn't trying to run. He hurt his Especially ankle on that last split, he like hurt two point conversion. I mean, I agree, but Cam had all the time in the world. Why didn't he? He had an open lane where he could have just ran and got the two point conversion. He could have. He only he had a little corner. Was the only player I have seen that was would have been standing in his way to get that two point conversion, and he could have bowled him over. Easily. Why did why did he not take it? And it seems like he decided to try to stand back stay in the pocket to prove the critics that he can be a pocket quarterback. I say screw that. North Turner, run some plays for Cam. We have the most dangerous player in the red zone on our team. Use him in the red zone. All
1: right, a lot of good points there, but here's what I'm gonna say is this. Cam's ankles hurt. It was hurting, number one. Number two, the path was wide open. And we continue to tell everybody on the planet that Cam Newton's more than just a black running quarterback. He's a real quarterback. But you know what is this? The path was open. He tried to make it. He missed it. It's okay. I don't think this is the North Turner thing. And I want to put this out to you. Cody on this point right here is that I've heard some people trying to say that we didn't run the ball enough. Whereas we're running team, we're running team. We were moving the ball effectively downfield. We were behind in the game. I don't think that this was a schematic problem. Like, even though I agree, and this is where I do agree with Carl D more than anything is like, you do have the most historically awesome player within five yards. He's amazing. He's like in the category of some of those old school guys that you thought you just hand it to him and they're going to get it. But at the same time, we gave Cam Newton the ball, we gave him the opportunity, and I think that's okay. I'm not upset with the play call, and I do think the ankle had something to potentially do with it. But a two-point conversion on a run play, difficult to make, isn't it, Cody?
3: It's very difficult to make. And I kind of said something similar to Carl D. earlier, that when you have a player like that, I mean, they, they hear the criticisms. They hear people saying that uh, they are this or they aren't that. They, they're not able to throw the ball accurately or whatever, even though Cam has been putting up career-high numbers. But I do wonder, though, if he's on to something, I do wonder if maybe Nora Turner and our coaching staff are telling him not to run. And I, I I do think about that. And again, I mean, this is it's kind of insider stuff. There's really no way of knowing. But I, I wonder if maybe uh, – I mean, because, listen, I, I do feel in the past we've seen Cam, uh, you know, uh, more willing to scramble outside the pocket than he has been in recent years. And I do wonder if maybe there was a concerted effort. They sat down Cam and they said, listen – For the longevity of your career, you have to stop taking punishment. You have to, you know, uh, take it off of your body and and put it on your arm and and start making the the passes that we know that you can make and that we have seen you make before. Um, I do wonder about that. Uh, But at the same time, it's one of those things where we'll never know. But um, this is what I'll say. If it is a situation where our coaches are telling him not to run, I don't think that you should ever tell him that because if he has an opportunity to run the ball in for the two points by hook or by crook, man, that's two points that wins us the football game. So I don't know. I'm hoping that they're not doing that.
1: I don't believe that's what the case is at all. I don't believe that they're telling him not to run. I think that they're actually coaching him up and doing it. All the things that people have criticized him for not doing in the past is I feel like this is that there was no point. There was no point really in running. We we tried to run a couple of design runs in that game. It just truly didn't work out. That game, we were gashing them in the air. We were doing it to it in the air. We were not having a problem moving the ball. This was not a question of should we have been running the ball more? No, our defense was not giving us enough Possessions offensively, they were allowing their offense to grind down the clock. That is really, truly what the answer to this is. The Panthers' offense was not unsuccessful. They moved the ball ninety yards, like twelve times. It felt like the problem at this point was playing from behind, and at the same time, our defense couldn't stop the run. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight.
16: Hey yo, C three, what's going on? The steel wheel. Greenville, South Carolina. I want to appreciate all y'all for giving me all of the day on last Tuesday. Alright, let's get to it. So, Chris McCaffish, thank goodness we got things. You really showed up blocking this week.
1: The He's a great white you hope. To
16: cut blocking. I apologize. I can jump right now, but he did do that. And the DJ Mark comparison with Golden Tate, he yeah, actually have been a little wrong like that. Golden Tate only had about 7,000 yards in 2010. Now, my bad, but uh, yet, yeah, after catch, I think he could be.
1: That's where he's Moore, dangerous.
16: He's going to excel off that. I can't wait. DJ more when you were in that 82-yard run, I was like, boy, run it, boy, run it, run it, run it. When we see Slade Jr. coming behind him, I was like, boy, you better hold on that ball. I <laughs> he Panthers, he get hopped in. We don't score. We try to have the no. Kick the field goal. He miss it. Classic, good no, oh no, good no, so
1: oh no, good, no. Good, no. You hit
16: that 63 field goal for us. Thank God you hit that for us because that three-year contract extension you got with us, we did We was already suspect about that, about that deal. True that. You made up for 63 yards, but all the extra points you missing, and these clutch, these clutch field goals you missing, all good no, that's uh, Really, that's what I think. We we was all used to that, but. Anyways, the defense, I think I think our time is about done. I think we was built for, like, I think our run was 2014 to 2017 was our window of Super Bowl consistent defense
1: right now. I'd say go back I don't one think year.
16: Right. I don't think, I don't think we're, we're
1: ready for it. I think he's right.
16: Now. And the offense, our offense finally matches up with what with with we expect the offense is supposed to be when we got a good defense. And then now our defense over here looking like, a charge start fast defense. Classic Panthers, man. I just think I want to know what y'all thoughts are about just being so janky. I feel like I tell our Panthers, we've been janky for so long. What can we do? What who do we need to get rid of? Do we need to get rid of everybody in the office that knows about the Panthers' history? Because I feel like our philosophy is washed up, I run the ball, milk the clock, taking good defense and win it in. I think we need to get rid of that monster. It's, it's killing us. That's why we call it a cardiac cat. I'm getting tired of feeling that way. And I feel like we need a whole new regime change. Just cause from Marty Herney, from Ron Rivera, from special team coaches, cause our special team, I was looking like, okay, we'll make a play, but oh, shit, now they just ran for 20 yards. Or we'll get a hold in the call when we, when we finally break out on our kickoff return or punch return. It's just, we're just so janky, I don't understand.
1: Joe, you've been a tremendous DJ Moore fan. And you know, what we saw is this is we saw um in that call is a, a continued commitment there to like, hey, DJ Moore, where he really pushes you and forces you actually his biggest threat is after the catch, Joey. And that was what mm-hmm. the comparison was, I guess, two weeks ago to Golden State. Golden Tate makes things happen in the old, uh, in the open field. DJ Moore, you've
2: been very high on him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I thought he was going to come in and make a difference. Honestly, I thought it would be he a did. little sooner. I thought it would be sooner, but that's only the coaches for not playing him until when I guess when they thought he deserved to or whatever. But yeah, he's an impact player for us, and and honestly, guys, he you know, he still doesn't really know what he's doing. He just knows yeah, go a out ball. there, catch the ball, and and take it to the house. It's like playground. He has, he's like a playground. Yes, yes. Once he starts to understand route combinations and the subtle nuances of playing the position. This kid's going to be off for years to come. I am just so excited about having him on this team, and cannot wait to see him really show what he's capable of in the in the next, in the future. Because he's going to be something special.
1: Lincoln Riley, Panthers head coach. <laughs> That's what I'm saying right here. Let's keep pounding oh. with these goals.
16: Again. i ran out of time, my bad. But yeah, um, I can't. I think we just so janky with most of most of everything inside the organization. Like Jerry Richardson just infected his venom so deep that we just need to get rid of the whole body. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> he said we, we need really to go on a really juice cleanse. In the future, so I can't, I'm looking forward to that. But. I feel like we just need a whole new regime change from the you know, offensive line coach, the line coach, and wide receiving coach, cause I feel like our route running, we always talking about our wide receivers are slack on route running. Like, it's, it's like, what are we doing then? Like, I don't know if Ricky Poe's still there, but I don't know if Ricky Poe really did that well with our route running, Kelvin Benjamin, he was suspect with our running. DJ, if I'm punches. he's, he's okay route running, but shit, you see his problem. I just, mm, I yeah, it's not the routes. Route. Right, we
1: thought it was the routes. It's not the routes. Next call.
17: What's going on, guys? It's your boy, the Black Cat, Brandon Herbert, and I'm I'm pretty calm hey, and everybody. everything. But before I start, I just want to say this, and I know this is a Panther podcast, and I, if they're listening or whatever, I just want to thank everybody that performed on on Monday night. That game was amazing. And it gave me hope for Carolina. And I'm uh, <laughs> i not involved, that game was so good. I almost came to tears because it was just everything. And the score didn't indicate how well the defense played at times. But the reason I said it gave me hope for Carolina is, uh, I'm not even sure if I wanna make the playoff right now. Because we make the playoffs, we're going to have the same coach. We're going to have the same problems. <laughs> and I know it would be great to make the playoffs and think about this fairytale run to a Super Bowl. But does anybody in their heart of hearts actually think we're going to do anything in the playoffs? Because we have the same issues. We have a coach that's being stubborn and, and won't, played the 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 players that give us the best chance to win we have a coach that's always been you know poor at managing games a clock management time management and finally we have a coach and i know cody said that he might not be great at calling plays but that still does not you can't erase the fact he's a defensive minded coach his defense should never ever look like that um yeah so is bill but, belichick he's a defensive yeah, line that's really all i want to say on the coaching because if I, I i don't want th- this to continue like it's 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 horrible um and oh and the coaching the reason i said it gave me hope because if we do let ronald there go there's so many good offensive coordinators that i think that and I know me and Cody's been going back and forth, but I think that if Cam gets him an offensive head coach, someone that's like in, inventive and everything like that, like uh, he might can be better than he is this year. He's played outstanding this year. He might be even better. Yeah, um, man. I, 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 I love like I love that game yesterday. It was beautiful but mm. I'm and an about opposite. the coaches and everything, I, I said that, that we should let them go. Uh, Shaq Thompson. I'm sorry. Unless we can't find nobody better. He,
1: Here, I think this is back end of his call. Panther fan. Nope. nope. All right. So ultimately, but, again, a lot of angst coming at Ron Rivera there.
3: Yeah. And uh, I, I want to respond to Brandon for a minute because it, Let me tell you what's funny about Brandon is that, you know, I mean, look, listen, that's my Twitter debate partner, man. I mean, him and I have gone back and forth in DMs and I'll post or whatever. But for the main, you know, for the most of what we believe, me and Brandon believe a lot of the same things. And I also believe that Cam Newton would definitely benefit from a young, offensive minded head coach. I would love that for Cam. I've been calling for that for Cam Newton for a long time. I mean, it's a different type of player, but look what it did for Jared Goff in one year's time. And Cam Newton's already an all-star MVP-level quarterback. So imagine what a a, a young, savant-level offensive play caller would be able to do for us. But as someone who has also been critical of Ron Rivera, this is what I'll say. And Tony and Joey, I think that you'll both be able to attest to this. Ron Rivera coaches best between the months of December, even through January. We've only had that one February. Yeah, the, the latter end of the
1: foot,
3: the latter end of the football schedule. That's when we play our best football. And and that's not that's not controversial. That's that's just the truth. And Ron Rivera does have something to do with that. So I, I'm not a hundred percent on um, we would be one and done in the in, in the playoffs. It depends on who we end up having to play. I mean, it's not just the Saints that are in there. I mean, there are other teams. Uh, we know the Rams are high powered. The Bears are in their consideration right now. Uh, I mean, there there are there are ways for us to continue to move forward and be successful. So I'm not 100% on the train that I feel Brandon is on that we're not going to be anything at the end of the year. We still do have potential to be a, a playoff caliber football team and win football games in the later months, but we just have to play better.
1: The one concern I have about all of this ultimately comes down to this: is that, like, why is replace? I'm actually the my main disappointment in replacing Rivera, and my main disappointment in Rivera is that, like, why didn't he just give more than to North Turner and just say do whatever the hell? Either North Turner is the problem personnel wise in some cases. Like I feel like is that bringing in a young savant at head coach, why can't you just bring in a young savant or a savant at coordinator and then Ron Rivera just throw the red challenge flag out there and he's the guy that's out there motivating people and doing the press conferences. The one thing that I'm upset about this completely and bringing in a new alternate coach altogether is I just thought Ron Rivera was ready to step back and be the overseer. And right now we continue to come back to Ron Rivera as a source of the problem when it comes to personnel issues, when it becomes whatever it is, is that I just thought that North Turner was going to take that off of his plate. And we're not convinced that he did. So let's continue to let's continue to go through with these calls right here. Let's see, that was Brandon Herbert, right?
6: Panther fan, uh, This is the Bat Daddy. Bat we'll Daddy, get straight to it. Get him,
3: Bat Daddy. i talking about What's this all up? week
6: long, and I really hate to try to look at a game and pinpoint one or two reasons why we lost the game, but I can give you two right off the bat, and it's not going to be what you think it is. All uh, right, I do not blame I'm it serious. on one. The Gano kicks, obviously. Yeah. And Devin French is dropping the ball, man. Yep, that's like, exactly what is what going on with that? About. He's supposed to be our number one guy.
5: <laughs> yeah.
6: Like, I'm not saying they had to be perfect with the kicks or the or the catches. You could take half of what they did and make it a good kick or a good catch, and we'd won the game. Hands down, no doubt. Like, I, I don't understand what's going on with Devin French. He trash, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the call at the end of the game. I get that people say that when you're at home, you go for the tie, and whenever you're away, you go for the win. But here's the thing about that play. When the other team has a minute, seven seconds left, three timeouts, Mm, if you make that, the game's not over. True. But if you miss it, it's definitely over. So I don't understand the, the logic in that call. Like I get it if there's 10 seconds left, 15 seconds left, even 30, and the other team has one timeout or no timeouts. I get that. Because then if you make it the game's probably over. But if you miss it, the game's definitely over. So I don't get the logic in that call at all. At the end of the day, I just have to look at it. If the season ended, we're still in the playoffs, and we're three completed passes away from getting that. So we're not as bad as it seems right now. Let me know what you think. Keep pounding. Bad daddy out. Um
1: I like that call a lot. Why, I, why I like that call there is, is that it's not about whether going for, I, I really think it's about how much time is on the clock at that point, and he's it's it's almost a risk assessment of that, and I do think that that might be the most compelling description that I've heard so far, because I have been pro go for it, pro go for it. But I do believe that probably was the most compelling description of why we should have maybe kicked the extra point. But let's point out he did omit that Graham Gano sucked the big debt bag of you know what that game.
17: Unless <laughs> you <laughs> no, can't find nobody better than Shaq Thompson. like we right. should
1: not- Here we go. All right. I think that was the back end of Brandon Herbert's call. We're going to keep going. We got so many calls tonight. We can't keep up. Here we go.
8: Good evening, guys. Yeah. It's Cody up here in Roto, mm-hmm. Virginia. I'm just Cody from Virginia. calling on my way home Great from day. work, listening to the post-game show, knowing you guys are about to set up for the Tuesday night show. Um, listen, guys, just a few thoughts I have on the Detroit game, then I'm moving on. Um, I haven't lost complete faith in the team I feel like we have the ability to rebound I feel like we're we're
1: I like this call already I feel
8: like we're one game away from being able to be considered a good team and I say one game because I, I think we have as many pieces as we could possibly have we've added everything we needed or at least we thought we needed to be a great team this year we sold out for this year um, not as much as the rams But we sold out for this year because we thought we had what we needed. We had the speed. We had the size and Devin Punches and Greg Olson. We had the backfield with C.J. Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. You know, we had everything we needed to go to the defense. We got, you know, we have the, the drafted cornerback, Dante Jackson. We have James Bradbury. We have Luke Kukley. Anyway, Luke. We have Thomas Davis. We have you know, Don Tari Poe, Kaywan Smith, Julius Peppers, Mario Addison, and then on the back end we have Kyle Love and Brian Cox who's been showing up, right? All these pieces. Then you have Eric Reed in the backfield, Mike Adams, all of these great, great pieces that should make this a great fucking team, right? <laughs> no, it's just not looking. And, and it, I don't know what it is, but I I feel like we have the talent, we have the capability of being a phenomenal team, but for whatever reason we aren't clicking. Um, that's why I say we're one game away. We're not one person away. We're not one play away. We're one game away of everybody meshing and feeling like they won the game handedly. Every game, we our defense has not really stood up. I mean, there's been a couple of good games, but, you know, there hasn't been a great game where we're playing in good in all phases. You know, defense has always given up big plays and letting teams stay in it when they shouldn't be in it. Um, and if I lose you, I'll give you guys a call back. but. I don't know, man. I just feel like we have everything we possibly could need. We have campaign at a high level, which
13: we I haven't agree. seen
8: before. What a great
13: call,
1: season. by the way. It's a but good even call. At that
8: reason, we're eclipsing numbers that, you know, he even did in that season, which I think is just amazing, but the production is not there. And I'm just, I mean, I'm at a loss as to what the difference is, but I haven't lost faith. Um, I think Devin Funchess – Definitely is not a number one. They need to really assess that situation. I don't think Tory Smith is a number one, but I think he fits the number one
1: role best. Here's part two of this call.
8: Cody again from mm-hmm. Roanoke, Virginia. Told you I'd call back. I knew I'd be cut off. Just gonna have a lot to say. Um I was touching base on Devin Funches. Funches, I wanted to like that guy so much. I wanted to believe
1: that he's going yeah,
13: to I'm the same way. I wanted to trust him. And then we're
8: going to have DJ Moore being able to learn in the, in the wings like Devin Punches
1: did. Once I heard you know, he loves salad more than fried chicken, then.
8: Back to the number two role. I don't think DJ Moore is quite ready to step into the number one role as much as I'd like to think that he's ready. But uh, I think it's too quick to put him in, a, in that tough of a situation where he is looked at that way. Do I think he's capable, yes, but I think it's too early, and I think you're doing the right thing, letting him learn the system. The best way that they possibly can before throwing them to the fire, and he takes a hit to his confidence if he's not performing well. But I, I, I do think Tory Smith needs to be considered the number one. I'm not saying he's number one quality, and I'm not saying he's going to fall. But I think that if we can put him Hold in the on. number one role, I just and got let twisting.
1: You know, I think he meant DJ
8: number two roll up, and then More. you know throw in the uh, the adjustments with Wright, and you know. Um, Curtis Samuel and and D.J. Moore. I believe that that's the best way that we're going to see those guys develop. But I think that's the only way that this receiving core works. I miss Torrey Smith. Wow. I thought I'd say that. I thought he's been a bust this year. But I think having him on the field, um, you know, you guys may have talked about it by now. But I think defenses have to respect him and what he brings to the table and the the veteran leadership that that he – All
1: right, Cody, uh, there's more to this call, but I am stunned. And what I like about this call, first of all, Cody, good name. A B
10: Strong this name. is
1: this is a different perspective right here. He's saying here, bring Tory Smith in, replace Funches with him, and then put the young Bucks around Tory Smith. Interesting proposal. Something unique at the very least.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, go ahead, Joey.
2: No, I don't know that, you know, I I have, I was very disappointed in Tory Smith um, prior to him being injured. I think there was maybe one game where he played well, otherwise um, felt like he was somewhat of uh, money not well spent. Um I, I, I'm I still not convinced he's who we need to have on the field. Um, Yes, he is fast, and yes, he has uh some – he's got plenty of experience, but the dynamic players we have now on the roster need – I think they need to be on the field as much as possible so they can gain the experience and get – you know, you can get reps in practice, but the reps you get in the game is where you learn to play.
1: We heard Ron so, Rivera talk about this earlier, Joey, when he was talking about uh, Scrub as fifth round, and, and sorry, I, I'm this is frustration kicking in. Marquise Haynes, and why he got like, but I'm like, you're bringing in a guy that is not gonna have a real impact on the game unless it's just a surprise right? right especially at
3: that point in the game too it was towards the end you know it's like that's crunch time.
1: so when you when you think about Tory Smith Devin Funches right now, I don't think about this guys as other guys replacing him DJ Moore replacing him as the number one and earning it. I think of this as Devin is losing that job, right? As I truly think that is that he just hasn't done enough to to garner that. I feel like we gave it to him so much. Now, at the other hand, where we've been continuing to say this all night long is that give it to the hot hands. I think yeah. at least the one thing I'm okay with with the Tory Smith thing is is that Torrey Smith was slightly underwhelming, but not devastatingly underwhelming. Funches in this last game was he had just had the more, one of the most terrible games ever. And when he said that in the press conference afterwards, when he said I've had worse games, you're like Jesus Christ. I hope not.
3: It's hard. It's, hard to, remember, <laughs> it's hard to remember which one that was that was worse. Than that.
1: <laughs> so I don't. I don't think that. Um, Tory Smith is the good. I think what we need to do is this, is to look at what the Rams did last night, look at what the Chiefs are doing, and just have more faith in the guys we picked.
9: That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying
1: is they don't fit the mold. Okay, so what? Putting Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore on the field at the same time doesn't fit the traditional mold. But these guys are making plays, man. Mm-hmm. Go after yeah. it. M- M- mccaffrey like- doesn't mccaffrey doesn't fit the traditional mold. what is he doing
3: no uh, but you know i do agree with cody that you know i i feel even even if he's not uh, okay so let me back up let's be real let's say what both you and i and, and joey let, let's say what we all know devin Funches, even after that game is not going to see his snaps reduced He's going to be on the
1: field. That's where I'm I'm super aggravated. Right. I'm super aggravated that merit doesn't matter.
3: Well, but this is what I am hopeful for. And I do think that when Corey Smith was on the field, listen, uh, uh, another part of my frustration with Curtis Samuel and how we've been playing him is that he's a legitimate deep threat. And that will still play him on these like gadget plays, these bubble screens. And it's just, it blows my mind that you have someone that can take the top off like that and you're not using them in that way. But that's beside the point. Look
1: at what they but, did with Hill last night. Look at what right, they did with him.
3: And that's always been the guy that I've compared Curtis Samuel to. I've said it on the show before. That's yeah. our version of Tyreek Hill okay but with that said though if when you do have tory smith on the field they're going to use him as that deep threat and ron rivera has said as much so i do feel if you're going to have uh tory smith on the field that is going to open up the field for everyone else out there uh and i do think that cam newton benefits from having him out there when he does know that he has that receiver that can open up the top end of the field if if you wanted that long ball to be there. It spreads out the defensive backs a little bit more than they otherwise would have been. So, I mean, even though he hasn't been the best for us, I'm a little bit ashamed to say it, but I am excited for Torrey Smith to come back.
1: Joey, Cam Newton has been used to, to wide receivers disappointing him throughout their career. I don't feel like he's like, oh, I trust this guy so much over someone else. I think he trusts talent. And right now, I'm starting to say this, is put Curtis Samuel out there. Put DJ Moore out there. Their faults, sure. There may be some weaknesses to their game. There's weaknesses on the other side of the game. And when we look at that, Joey, we continue to look at this, is that those guys are dynamic players. I am starting to worry, Joey, that this coaching staff doesn't have the balls to go with it. That's what I'm starting to worry about is because I want to believe that the world in America is based on equality and merit. And this is uh-huh. where mugs tell us we're silly and I'm starting to realize this is that it's not the case in the NFL, at least when it comes to our team. Why isn't? Why aren't? Maybe should I say why? Why? How come? Damn, Ron Rivera doesn't seem more recon- be able to recognize who's actually winning at that moment. I feel like the politics of the matter rules the day.
2: I think um she he he's hesitant because he's been with Francis for however long and he trusts him. But Why? He,
1: Why do you trust him? But he's Tell laughing. me that. Why do you trust
2: him? Only because of familiarity. And he's dropping the phone so, now. You don't want to yeah, say that you know, about your wife. Rivera <laughs> is now seeing what these young kids are capable of doing and how impactful they can be in the game. Where Francis was taken out of the game. Mentally he was out of the game. And it was just DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And he saw what they were capable of and how well they could play. So I I think, I I mean, for him to ignore their big play potential and to go with, continue to go with Funches, who has been the absolute epitome of inconsistency, is going to get him fired.
1: Yeah. I really believe that. That. I that, believe that, that would be some shit right there. Is you got fired. And I you know what is I blame nobody but you if you trust the mug who is as soft as a wet crouton mm-hmm. for your I job. Have
2: repeatedly let you down. Salad you know what boy I'm okay? let you down. Yeah, yeah. salad. <laughs> Dang,
10: ah, hardcore. Yeah, yeah.
18: Whoa, he next call two five two two 1598 Hey, what's up, C three? Uh, this is my name's Tyler. I'm from Oklahoma, and I'm con- I'm just I need to know where to place the blame on this defense. This defense has not been.
1: Doing a good question. This
18: whole season, besides the Dallas game, I mean, we have. If you look, at, if you just look at our roster on defense. On paper, we look like a championship-caliber defense, and we got too many great players to be playing this this awful. I know you guys keep saying like Luke Keekly misses tackles, Kwan Short misses tackles, misses sacks, and we just haven't had any pressure off the line. But if you look at just the, the death chart, it just looks so stacked. Like I'm so confused on where the blame should go. I know everyone h- hates Derek Washington personally. I hate I hate Ron Rivera, but mm. I just need to know. If if we don't make the playoffs this season, who's to blame and who's getting fired? That's all I got to
1: say. Let's so stick with the initial... Me,
18: and uh, keep
1: Thank you for that call. Oh, great
18: call.
1: P- perfect call. It was a good call. And what I would say is let's focus on the first half because we've talked enough about the coaching staff in, in many ways. But on this defense, is that on paper, again, we saw the acquisition of Don Terry Poe, and we go, oh, lateral move at worst, upgrade best. But the problem being is this, is that it hasn't translated onto the field. The defense, again, I think the linebackers play has suffered. I think in many ways that's because they have not played as great as we expect them to be. I would go ahead and say this is, look, Thomas Davis, aging. Shaq Thompson really been underwhelming. Luke Kuechly, surprisingly pedestrian. But it all comes back to the fact that we have a defensive line that Mario Addison and KK Short can't carry it, man. And that's what I think it comes back to. I think that Don Terry Poe was – meant to make a bigger impact, and it just didn't happen.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he wants to know who who to put the blame on. Here's another uh, name that we don't mention enough. How about Brady Hoke? That's our new defensive line coach. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we talk about Eric Washington, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, – the. I mean <sighs> – Eric Washington is the arbiter of this defense. Um, But at a certain point, you do have to put more blame on the guys that, that are in control of individual assignments an individual thing on the line. And we're not getting enough pressure. um, uh, We're not getting enough pressure up front. And I think that that's, that's where, where it starts. Yeah, I agree.
1: All right. Next call.
18: Hey, I'm sorry, guys. I just got one more thing to uh, say. Same call. I'm just – whenever I, whenever I say I hate Ron Rivera, he's not been a bad coach, but he's not been a coach that's – I don't feel like he can get his back to the Super Bowl. I just don't want to – I don't want to have regrets later on in life thinking, what would we have done if Cam had a different coach? What would we have done – you know, how many Super Bowls well, do we have that's won? That's what we've always been there. saying. We have Short, Julius Peppers, John Terry Poe. Dante Jackson, Eric Reed. We got so many players back there on defense, and our defense is struggling. Our offense is looking great. I just feel like, what what could we do right now if we had a different coach? I don't want to waste Cam's career with a mediocre coach. I wanna I wanna get a, get him a new coach that can put him in the situation to get to the Super Bowl. And our defense, I don't know. I, I really do think it's probably Ron Rivera. But I feel like we need to get some passion back there. We, whenever we're behind, or whenever we're losing, I don't see them getting hyped up and like getting in a huddle and saying, "Let's, you know, let's three out these guys." They just, it just looks like no one's playing with passion. They're just playing, playing not to lose, and that's not what that's not how you know we're gonna win games. But uh, all right, that's all I got to say, guys.
1: All right, good Bye. call. So again, another part two of the call. Very good. And I think that has been the fear continually with Ron Rivera is that are we potentially stuck in the muck? And that Ron Rivera has been a good addition to this team. The question is, at this point, is he an asset or is he just one of the people that's kind of on the boat? Cody, I think this is that, again, we're back here at Ron Rivera it's a tough thing. He's in a tough position with a new owner, but he has had some pro- productivity.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, listen, he's had uh, a lot of productivity, and and this is what I don't want to do, and and I feel like that we are in danger of doing that a, a little bit. You know, Even when it comes to Devin Funches, I, I, I'm not going to call it Devin Funches Uh, you know, all of a sudden a a trash wide receiver. And I'm also not going to say that Ron Rivera has been a terrible head coach. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not been, he's not been a Ben McAdoo. He's not been uh, a guy that's been a constant liability uh, in in our locker room. Look at Uh, what's
1: happening to Mike Zimmer right now in Minnesota. Do people right. would have loved to have had Mike Zimmer three years ago, but even he, 100%. I mean, at the same time, he has not been bad. Ron Rivera has been better than average.
3: Yeah, not only has, so this is what I believe, right? You have the bottom tier dumpster fire coaches, then you have your top of the top tiers, your Bill Belichick, your Eric Reed, even though, I mean, not Eric Reed, um, uh, the, I'm having a brain fart here, help me out, the guy in Kansas. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, that's the dude. Um, you know, then you
10: have
1: Never won guys. a Super Bowl, though.
3: Right, never won a Super Bowl, but we all do believe that he's a pretty good head coach. I mean, those are your upper echelon type of coaches, right? Sean Payton, it, you even have to put him up there. Yeah, but then, agreeing. There's that, then totally. Yeah, then there's that middle tier, that they're good with their players. They're good in the locker room. They can rally the troops, but they just seem to have a hard time taking the next step. And I do think that's where Ron Rivera is. And, you know, if we did end up having to fire him af- after this year, I don't believe that it's because he's a bad head coach. I just I think don't think that's that an that
1: awesome point.
3: Yeah, that's it's just awesome because
1: point,
3: he's, not, he's not the coach that'll bring us to the end where we want to be. And that's seeing Cam Newton and Luke and Greg Olson hoisting up that Vince Lombardi trophy. And if he's not the man, it's time to bring in the man who is the man.
1: I think you're right about this, is that Ron Rivera is not necessarily a weakness. But again, has he game-planned? And for me, I just want to I continue to go back to this, is that, yes, we have a lot of new assistant coaches. We have a new defensive coordinator. But, Ron Rivera, you're not in the offensive meetings. We know that. Yep. We know that you're not in there being like, hey, I want to put the Ron Rivera stamp on the offense. Why aren't you in the defensive meetings bringing them up more so? I think this is that while Washington has demonstrated that he is a young defensive coordinator and may not be a defensive coordinator for long, Ron Rivera has needed to be able to bring him along faster. And if not, be the man there. Because what else is he doing? That's what I say. Where is Ron Rivera's expertise if it's not on the defense that's my thought there last call of the night i believe here it comes hey everybody this is g of last, last,
10: uh, last but not
14: least last uh before for the post game show and you know, y'all went kind of overboard you know dropped a couple of f-bombs but you know i was pissed
12: It's all right now
14: you know, it's word, all right it's simple.
1: we get that way
14: um with these two losses, I think that we needed those to make us realize that if we want to be in the playoffs and a Super Bowl contender, we have to take games more seriously. Hopefully, Washington will blitz a little bit more or put a spy. We
1: you know, couldn't. And they I, were running, and running on will, us, man. And I
14: do believe that we will win that game. I uh, really, really truly do. And another thing. I would like uh, to say that every, Pan- every Panther fan knows this. in the month of December, the Panthers are clutch as hell in the month of That's December. I like, them boys, they play some good ball Sweet. in December. Get your brooms. So December, yeah, I'm just Get your brooms.
1: December We're going to make 24. Sean Payton's really face uglier.
14: Actually doing something. And Not the last possible. question I have come next season, <laughs> the on the team and Bradbury, I don't know. I don't know oh, he's
1: I a I'll let you guys discuss that later, uh, Bradbury, yes, for me, I'm okay with Bradberry, he does suck at playing the ball like, <laughs> that's 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 you the... Said, don't get
3: rid of Bradberry, but it does suck at
1: playing no, the not ball. don't give me like I'm okay with Bradbury, but he sucks at playing the ball, but funches, I'm done, man, I'm tired. I would, another, I would rather have another – I would rather have Moncrief dropping passes. I'd rather have – I don't know. I think I'd rather have Brandon LaFell, to be honest.
3: How about this? If we have the opportunity to upgrade both positions, then we should do it. How about that? Uh, I mean, is if – you know, it, like I said, I don't think that – I mean, other than his previous game – he may not be the best wide receiver, but up until Detroit, I wouldn't have called Devin Funches a liability to the football team, right. especially now. True, true. Especially especially. We were, we were
1: optimistic team. before Detroit. We were optimistic, optimistic about right. We thought that he was gonna be worthy of that. 12 million, like that mid-tier contract before. Detroit. And
3: another thing that we haven't brought up yet is it was a homecoming for him. That's where he's from. He went to Michigan as a... As, I mean, that was the he's soft that he as salad,
1: bro. He's soft as Roman a wet crouton. That remain
3: dog. That remain is, yeah, but that's uh, right. They, Yeah, I, but this is what I'll say, though. Um, you know, if, if he hasn't been a liability. So, I mean, if he wants the bag... Yeah, he ain't getting the bag here in Carolina. He's had too much time to prove worthy of that. You know, it's funny. He's similar in build to Michael Thomas in New Orleans, but he ain't no Michael Thomas.
1: Ain't no, he ain't yeah, not, not, yeah.
3: Not even close. So, yeah, man. I mean, if if we have the – this is what I tell our man G. Kavassier. If he is – if we're in the position to upgrade the cornerback position, and move on from James Bradbury or bump him down the depth chart. And if we're in the position to do the same thing with Devin Funches, I say we do it. But if not, they're not someone I'm throwing the axe at until we know that we have someone that can do what they do at least.
1: I think James Bradbury deserves his job. I think he made a bad play in that Pittsburgh game that created an avalanche. All right, so he made – and. No, he doesn't play the ball well. I would rather keep James Bradbury and part ways with Devin Funches. Like Ice Up Son said, we need to upgrade the D line more than anything. I think this is, I think all of those questions about Funches and who was the other guy we were talking about? Funches and Bradbury. Bradbury. Those are all extraneous until we address questions on the defensive line as well as the offensive line. Think about this, guys. Ryan Khalil likely is going to retire after this season. I would if I was him. I don't think he's going to get any better, right? Then you're going to move on. So you have him. You have Matt Khalil who sucks. Say, uh, You know what?
15: <laughs> and
1: then nobody else is actually very certain. You really only have maybe Moten for another year to and Trey Turner. There's a lot of insecurity there as well as this defensive line. All of a sudden it's shown tremendous signs of aging. You're going to have to invest a lot in free agency and the draft. It's really going to be all offensive line and defensive line between free agency and the draft next year. So while those questions are intriguing at this moment I think in the end they're ir- they're extraneous
3: Yeah I, I, but remember no D- David Tepper is the wild card so if we're able to cut some players and, and spend some money David Tepper wants a return on his investment he wants to win right now True that So so I mean I I honestly think the next Obviously, the next few years, but you know, very soon you're going to start to see the 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 differences of what the Carolina Panthers football team looks like under David Tepper, and I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more.
1: All right, so that's the end of the show. We were going to talk about the Seahawks. You can check out the preview. We're going to have uh, the Shadow Cat offer you a little preview on the Seahawks coming up. But I think we all know where it is, is that like it's a must win situation for the Carolina Panthers. If you can't win a home game against a middling Seahawks team, you're in trouble. This is not the old Seahawks team that has given us fits in the past. Even though they have, they still have, what is his name? Russell, Russell Wilson, right? A man who wears kids or whatever he wears. We're going to be all right. I think this is that if we lose this game going against the Seahawks, then we're not going to be all right. We went against the Seahawks. Again, we are still in control of our destiny. I love to hear the thoughts of Cody Lashney talking about how to sweep these guys. And now I'm going to ask Cody Lashney how to ice somebody up.
3: Well, I'll show you. You don't even have to ask me. I, I, I won't even tell you. I'll just show you. So, you know, the, the Cowboys, they've done a lot of things for the NFL. And one of the things that they've done is they've put out a lot of quality. Well, I guess depending on your taste. Uh, they've put out a lot of announcers into the NFL. Tony Romo has been a blessing. Okay, Tony Romo is a great coach. Yeah, he's
1: amazing. He's like maybe one of the best ever.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, the former coach of the Cowboys, is on the Fox NFL pregame. They've put a lot out there. But one of their, oh, and Troy Aikman. I can't forget about him. You can love him or hate him. He's mm, just doing his thing.
1: Yep, right. Been doing Better, it, for a it lot. Look, a decade.
3: A decade of doing it. But, uh, you know, not not every swing can be a home run, man. And um, I don't <laughs> know if y'all know this, but Jason Witten has been struggling, dog. And I mean bad. And I feel so bad for the dude because he's trying to say a name, U-canoe bomb or some shit. Some, yeah,
1: you can't, even say, Look, no, you can't I, even say it. How about this? You can't even say it.
3: No, but listen. Twitter was dragging him over hot coals. Listen, en- enough of my talking. Just, just feast your ears and feast your eyes.
4: Kelsey's on the edge, protecting, but Ibikunle,
3: was able. What more time.
1: One more time. One more time. <laughs> Ibu-cuba, Ibu- Ibu-cuba. One on more edge, time.
4: Protecting, but
3: Ibu-cum, Ibu-cum, uh- Ibu-cum,
10: Ibu-cum,
3: Ibu-cum, was it- <laughs> we don't I know if <laughs> uh, uh, listen man it must be hard to be on live TV and I know because we do a live podcast and we have our own bumps of our own so I know it's tough but man come on you, you have to be a little bit more prepared in the moment than that so uh it might be low- hanging fruit at this point but to Jason
1: Witten, ice up, son. Oh, man. Uh, I don't even, I wasn't prepared for an ice up pick this week. (laughs) I I have not been prepared for this moment, but I do have plenty of people to ice up. And I I think I'm going to have to come back to this, because I have to ice up a Panther player. I don't do this very often. But Don Terry Poe, I asked you to come in here. I thought all of a sudden, I'm sitting here singing Marty Herney's praises. When you signed Don Terry Poe, I thought this is the legit deal. I thought this is not only a lateral move, but an upgrade from Starla to Lula. I've been wrong. It was not only... Not a lateral move, but at this point, does not seem to be an upgrade. <laughs> Seems to be a downgrade, and I don't think, and I do believe that people overcredited Star Latulue for what he did. I think he was a good player. I'm not saying that. Is that I think this is about Tantari Poe not being the player we had hoped he had been, and I still want one person who is an X's and O's guy, to please tell me why he's on the right and KK's on the left. And I don't know the answer to this because I'm not an X and O guy. Like, I never played football. I'm just a fan, just watching it from the outside. But does that then, when you switch those two, who's the one technique, who's the two technique, or three technique, excuse me, one technique, three technique, Or does it matter? Do you get to flip them vice versa like you could like a wide receiver? I need you to explain this to me. Because at this point, it really seems to be a detriment. The offensive line is worse with the addition of Don Terry Poe. So I'm icing up Don Terry Poe with a secondary ice, the ice shavings. To Mario Addison, man, come on, man. We needed you to be more. We overinvested. We thought you're gonna be a three down defensive end. You're not. Sorry. We're working on it. The Panthers' defensive line to you specifically, Don Terry Poe. I say, I All right, Cody. We've gone on and on and on. I've drank a lot of beer on this podcast. A ton. <laughs> All
3: right. A lot. And, and I'm that, ready.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had to deal with two consecutive losses in some form or fashion, right? Yeah. But I think what we have come to is the consensus of this podcast is while we have been disappointed with this team, there is still a lot to be optimistic about this team. And while we may not be of the caliber of the Saints, we may be a wild card team that could catch a second win later on because we have talent. We just have not, as one caller said, we haven't been able to put it all together and make it work yet. We have an opportunity Sunday, Cody, to stop the bleeding against the Seattle Seahawks. You've mentioned sweeps. Let's go get this, man.
3: The sweeper, man. Let's the sweep them. We, we have a good rivalry with Seattle. It's kind of been, it's kind of lied dormant. But listen, man, we can beat this football team, right? And we're at home. It's time to put up a shut up. It's time to be about it. If we're going to catch the Saints, if we're going to do what we need to do and, and beat them damn who that's, then we got to go out and we got to play Panther football. And I think we will, damn it. Let's go. Keep pounding, y'all.
1: Saddest part about all of this, and I think one caller mentioned it, is I thought, and actually, I think maybe actually it was you, Cody, who said, "Like, come on, we needed to be angrier at the Lions than we were. I like, want we to needed to em- them
3: in their throats. I want to embarrass yes. them. I want, I want the- not it for them,
1: like- not to embarrass them, but for us." And to embarrass them. I remember Steve Smith once said that. <laughs> I, I
3: remember Steve Smith once said that after I got done with the defensive bat, I wanted his mama to look and feel like I just did her son dirty. Okay, oh, that's God. what I want. That's what I want. I need to go Panthers. take a
1: shower, Steve.
3: <laughs> that's what I want the Panthers to start doing to their opponents. And it's time to do it. No one's afraid of us right now. It's time to instill the fear of an angry, hungry Panther coming at your ass.
1: All right. My name's Tony Dunn. This is the C C3 Panthers podcast. Your butts should have turned your phone to portrait mode and smash that thumbs up button by now. But if you haven't go ahead and do that. If you're listening on the audio podcast, what we need you to do is this. We need you to subscribe on YouTube just to bump the numbers. Second, we need you to rate us to tell everybody that you enjoy listening to us. Just ride with you in the car and drink beer and talk football because that's what we do. And third, I need you to go fo- follow Cody Lashney on Twitter. Tell him how to do it.
3: At C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, Cody Lack. Hit me up. I mean, listen, Brandon Herbert, that, that that's my uh, – my uh debate partner now i answer to everyone uh but listen man more importantly everyone have a happy thanksgiving uh being thankful that's not something that you should do uh once a holiday you should be thankful every day that you draw breath in from your lungs into your body into your blood amen man be thankful every day that you're alive that you have loved ones that uh that you're still able to cheer for the panthers and keep pounding baby
1: And be thankful that you have Cam Newton because that's where it all comes down to is we're thankful that we have Cam Newton because we can talk about replacing coaches. We can talk about all of this, but not a damn person has mentioned replacing Cam Newton. Thank Jesus because that man is the Carolina Panthers at this moment and has been and will be. Until he is broken, this is a C3 Panthers podcast. We are the Cam Newton Defenders, and we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Until next Tuesday. all right i think we may be done i hope we are
3: we may be done
1: <laughs> maybe done i think i'm trying to get this to cut because we are off on youtube i think we're done
3: nope I just set it on youtube <laughs> right right as you said out right here in the video